boy, did we ever rise up, take our time, take our chances. Oh, guess what? We're back. That's right, baby. We are back. We sat down. We did our homework. We we pushed those glasses up on our nose, and we said, no more. I can't do this to the good people of the pod. We can't keep losing their money now. So here we are, back again, rising up. Got the damn eye of the tiger. Welcome back to Blind Lines over here on the Foolery Podcast Network. I'm Boone. With me, as always, is Jaron. Jaron, how are we feeling, man? Good, man. Good. It was a good week. Honestly, if you take the Cheeks games out of out of equation, we did pretty pretty good. I, we did good with them, but those Cheeks games, the double Cheeks hit us hit us hard hit us hit us hard this last week. But uh, yeah, you're right. We're rising up. We're back on. We're back on track. We called it. Um, here we go. We're, I'm, I'm ready for another good week. So am I. So am I. So I'm. You know, let, let's go ahead and review how that week went, just so I can reminisce on those those good old times. Yeah. So I, I guess I'll start. Um, I'll start with the cheeks, even though that usually goes last because uh, a few reasons. I know I already mentioned it here, but I, I, I need to start with apologizing, Boone. Uh, we, we were talking about Tom Herman last week, and my brain. <laughs> I'm glad you're bringing this up. Okay, my my brain went to Herm Edwards. Yeah, whatever he's, <laughs> and so I made very similar references to uh, Tom Herman looking like uh, Willie Taggart, and it was pretty off. It was, I, I, I ignored I meant, it. I meant Herm Edwards. <laughs> yeah, I ignored it because I thought, mm, I mean, those are two very different looking men. But okay, uh, whatever floats your boat, if that's what this makes you laugh, I'm here for it. But uh, it, it made way more sense off the air when you went, oh, Herm Edwards. Yeah. Oh, duh. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad. I, I I do feel a little better, though, because Tom Herman, he's a little younger, so his wife kissing the players is a little less weird than Herm Edwards' wife. Which, which she does. She does do that. So... Yeah. yeah, feel a little better uh, knowing that. I don't even know if Herman is Herman ever still. Uh, he might be doing some shady things. So he might not yeah, I was about to say Herm. I don't think Herm's even been invited back to broadcasting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's had some 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 shady history. All right, well, uh, with that, uh, yeah, my my memory was just as bad as USF USF's uh, football play. Uh, they were favored by two and a half. We Ooh, went with them. What a transition! F- FAU just. Stomped them and stomped them early. That was like a quick like. Oh, I'm just gonna write down a loss here. Uh, big biggest thing in this game, 56 to 14. Uh, wasn't really close. USF at home, embarrassed. Uh, total yards, 587 total yards. Fefe, you had to 388 for USF. Two things. One, 587 yards is a stupid amount of yards to give up, especially at home. Yeah, but 388 in a, in a, in a game that you're favored by two and a half. 388. That was what I was going to get to. Yeah, oh, that's a lot of yards. For that's only a lot of yards. Points. What happened for only scoring fourteen points? I don't yeah. know. Um, they only had one interception uh, or one fumble loss, so that wasn't wasn't it. They just couldn't punch it in. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly. They were two for five on fourth down. I think that's probably what, what it was. But uh, we don't need to break down this game much longer. Uh, no. 56-14. It was kind of out of hand early. Uh, that was a tough one. Second cheeks. We had the double cheeks because we had some sanctions on ourselves for having such a bad previous week. Uh, so we, we we went straight into double cheeks. Um, I, I you know I don't want to put it on too hard here, Boone. But you know I, I kind of was in in with Vegas. You put us on Temple side and. 
I told you North Texas is a little better, and Temple really Temple's just garbage. Uh, 347 yards to 527. They lose 14 to 45. It's almost the exact same result uh, (laughs) the other way, and it just really wasn't all that competitive. So uh, that game, we had Temple getting five points. It wasn't even close. Um, The big big story there is the yards, but also they turned the ball over three times and really didn't have a chance. So um, that that was the Cheeks. Yep, not a not 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 good. But at the same time, I uh, the cheeks give me every time, man. I just can't. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. We're we're. I think we're like one in like nine on the season for cheeks. <laughs> you take those out. We're doing pretty good this year. If I had to give myself a game improvement card, I think it would have to be solely on the cheeks. Yeah, like it would just be better with the cheeks, man. <laughs> quit, yeah, we, quit, quit being such a young buck in the club. I know we got to learn our way around these cheeks. Yeah. We really, really slapping us around, <laughs> mesmerizing me. Getting lost in the subs. All right. Oregon at Washington. This was, I, I don't want to say the game of the week. I think it was probably the game of the year so far, maybe even the last like year and a half. Like, that was, this was a great game. Incredible game. Um, it was everything it lived up to. Uh, I, have a, I have a lot of opinions here, but ultimately uh, Washington comes away with a win here, 36-33. to 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, There's a lot of things that could have happened here at the end of the game. It was a little wild. Um, but we, we ultimately had Oregon getting three points, so it was spot on with Vegas. Um, we took Oregon there, so we actually got the push here. Um, so it's not a win Ooh. or a loss. So that's why we ha- on the season or on the week we were five, three, and one. Love um, the pushes. So yeah, that's our second push of the season here. So uh, I, it, it kind of worked out for us, but um, yeah, I, I think you know I, I, I actually think Oregon was a better team here. Um, I, you might you might want to argue that, but uh, if you, I mean, if you look at the stats, they had more more yards by 120. They had more first downs by seven. Um, they actually had less turnovers. Uh, I, I really think the biggest thing that happened, uh, and we can get into some of this, is like just the decisions that Dan Lanning made was kind of interesting. Um, I, I think, you know, first off, uh, up 33 to 29, uh, fourth and two at the end of the game, you know, they go for it. And you and I had talked about this offline um, when it happened, and we were like, we were kind of like, why would you go for it? Why wouldn't you? I, I don't, I'm not against this one. Uh, because I think you go for it because you don't want to give it back over to Penix, uh, and, and ultimately you end up giving it back to him, and he torches you in two plays. Um, so you know it, it kind of is what it is. I think you know if you get the first down, you get you know the clock's run out, and you're going to win the game. So I'd rather give it you know to Bo Nix uh, in my offense than give it back to Penix and hope my defense holds them. So I actually don't hate that decision. The decisions I didn't like is there's two times in this game where he could have kicked field goals in the game and he decided to go for it uh, in the red zone on fourth down and did not get it. They were over three on fourth downs uh, in this game. And ultimately that's what caused them to, to lose the game here. Uh, you know, they, they try to kick a 40 yarder right at the end uh, and, and, you know, they push it. And so they end up, end up losing that by three when they could have tried to tie it up. Uh, but it was, it was a good game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm very, I don't think I necessarily agree with the fact that Oregon is uh, the better team. I think they're a little bit more well-rounded, but I think that was ultimately my issue with Lanning doing what he did. I I think Washington has the better offense. Now, there were times that Oregon showed like they have almost a comparable offense. I mean, geez, Troy Franklin's something else. What a receiver. But 
I, I don't know. I just you have a Heisman candidate back there at quarterback who's just wheeling and dealing around the park. I mean, they lost Jalen McMillan at one point in the game, and it, you would have never known. I mean, I think knowing that your defense is probably better than theirs, which hey, all credit to Washington's defense. They stepped up when they needed to. They weren't. They're not bad. They're just you know, I wouldn't say as good as Oregon's, but again, at the same time. Dude, I don't know. You, you have you have the potential to pin Penix with little time left and, you know, 10, 5 yards, make him go 90 yards down the field, 95 yards, and instead you give him half a field to work with. I mean, yeah, no no crap, this guy's going to pick you apart. So I, I just really, if you have, and he's a defensive guy, so I just would have thought, pin him deep. You 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 hold the lead. Trust the defense. I get Knicks is good, but I'd have trusted my defense. And you gave that Heisman quarterback half a field to work with, and he torched you. And you paid for it. And then on top of that, like kind of like you're saying, now we get to nitpick where it's, hey, buddy, before the half you could have kicked a field goal and you didn't. And that ended up being the difference. I just think... Dan Dan's probably going to have some sleepless nights over this for at least a week or two. Just thinking, damn, I should have been better. But at the end of the day, I, I think you are looking at the two best teams in the Pac-12. So this probably isn't their last meeting. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, the only problem with Oregon is they now they have no room for error, and it's it's a tough tough sled for them. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough for them. So, um, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I just – it's hard to look at the 125 yard difference on offense and and especially on the rushing game. Um, they outrushed Washington by over 100 yards. Uh, Washington didn't even touch 100 yards in rushing in this game, and it's hard to say like you're the better team um, right. just off that. And like I said, a few coaching decisions or I mean, here's the thing: if, if they would have gone, if they would have gotten it on fourth and two, like let's just say they did, which is is likely if you if you played that down again, it would happen. I think it's really was kind of a 50 50 shot. You get, if you get the play, like, we're sitting here saying, like, wow, Oregon came away with the win and, and ended up winning by, you know, several points, even though they weren't favored. So it's like, you know, that one play really determined one way or the other. And who knows, if they make a 40-yard field goal, they go into overtime, and this is a whole different conversation, too. So it's like, right. when you're saying all those things, like, if you're going to tell me one team got lucky here, I think it is Washington, especially being at home. So I, I, I just think, I really do think Oregon's a better team. I think they're more balanced all around. But I also, I agree, Penix is, dude, that dude's special. So that's the hard thing is, like, you have a good point. Like, never give him the ball <laughs> sort hey, of thing. Don't give him the ball. Like, well, and I think that that's like their argument is like we were trying to avoid that, but you're right. You're taking a huge risk giving it to him at midfield versus pinning him um, deep. So we'll move on. Um, I think, you know, hopefully we get to see that game again because it was special. And I think on a neutral side, it would be a lot more fun. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, also in that mid slate in the mid afternoon, that was our only early game. I think we covered, or, Oh no, it was the second one. Uh, Texas A&M at Tennessee. Uh, this one was 20 to 13. Uh, we get the cover here. We had Tennessee minus three. Um, yeah. Boone, you had you had them basically winning by a touchdown, so you're spot on there. Uh, Texas A&M comes out, plays pretty well. They're up by 10, uh, 10 to seven at halftime, and ultimately isn't able to move the ball in the second half. Only scores three points, and Tennessee scores uh, three times, uh, seven, and, and and then in the third quarter, and then six in the fourth quarter. Ultimately, uh, goes down, uh, wins this game, and uh, I mean the biggest the biggest thing here is, is Texas A&M. As much as we want to 
talk about Max Johnson being the quarterback. Um, he actually played pretty well. Uh, he, he didn't play great. I mean, below 50% passing completion attempts. But the, the big thing is is they rushed for 54 yards. Total rushing yards for Texas A&M was 54 yards. Rushing attempts, 28. You ran the ball 28 times and ran for 54 yards. There's two things here. One, running for less than two yards per carry is not ideal. Running for less than two yards per carry but also choosing to run the ball 28 times in that game still is insane. What are we doing? <laughs> like at some point, like I get your quarterback's not doing it, but man, you can't that you can't keep rolling that out there. So, um, I, how much of this game did you get to catch? Did you uh, did you see some of this insane you know decision making that Jimbo just kept running into the in the ground? <laughs> I, I mean, dude, at this point, like Jimbo's lost it. Jimbo has solidified himself as one of the greatest piggyback riders of all time. And I hate to say it, but okay, you were at LSU. You had Jamarcus Russell, who was six six, two what two thirty. He was like the first Cam Newton prototype before Cam came around. Had a bomb of an arm. You win the national title as the offensive coordinator, pretty much sending you into a frenzy of head coaching offers. You end up taking the lateral move over to Florida State to be the head coach in waiting, and then you get a guy like Jameis Winston, you win a national title. For all of the recruiting he has done at Texas A&M, it's almost shocking, as if it's just become outdated, that he hasn't gotten a five-star kid back there that is just so special. But then again, like, how many times are you going to get that lucky, you know? Because I'm pretty sure Connor Wigman is also a five, was a former five-star kid. Kid's not bad, yep. um, but you know he's just not—he's not Jamarcus Russell. He's not Jameis. Like he's not just an all-worldly talent. He's just a really good quarterback. And you're starting to see where the problems are. You're starting to see that this guy is—I mean—he has a worse starting record by like two games than Kevin Sumlin. And I don't know if you remember, them boys were ready to fire Kevin Sumlin quick. They did not like where things were going. I wonder how they feel now. I'm sure they're ready to pull the trigger, which again is why I was saying, "Hey, let's do some research this time, ain't him?" Yeah, Let, let's let's slow the roll, pump the brakes. Yeah, well, it's, it's like it's just it, it's almost like this entire thing is if if they decide to move on this year, it's it's just all going to be delusional no matter what. Which is what like if I'm a Texas A&M fan, like I'm just afraid of because. To, to fire someone and just throw $75 million to get rid of him after you made this big deal to bring him in is insane. Like, that, that's so much money, and it's just like everything is just going to be, like, record-breaking on so many levels. I think the, I think the, the most a college co- coach has been fired for was uh, Gus Malzahn at uh, Auburn, and it was, like, $20 million. It wasn't even close to this number, and so it, it would break a record by, like, threefold, um, which I, I don't know, like, I just think when you're just talking about these numbers, it's just, I mean, I guess maybe if you just have the money, it doesn't really matter, but, you know, it, it, who are you bringing in? Because the problem is any, any coach you bring in is going to want what you get, what you gave Jimbo. And so now you're like... Well, yeah, that's kind of my thing here. It's just you're like, throwing a bunch of money away, and then people are going to be like, well, you guys, it hasn't really worked out for y'all, and you gave Jimbo the world, so I'm going to need I'm going to need that and more. If you want me to make it work out, you know, <laughs> so it's this like is, this is going to lead into a, a, a long conversation that I, I, I mean, I'm not going to go down that route. But, you know, my, you and myself as, you know, 
football fans across the pond. Like this is what I've been waiting for with all this obnoxious money spending. I'm waiting for the model to just break itself. Like I want people to be like, oh, I've got gobs of money. I could just I could just throw gobs of money wherever I damn well please. No, 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 you can't do that. And then you're gonna ruin it for the market, which like I get it. Again, you're trying to, you know, play where only the rich kids play, but at the same time, like not everything is gonna be a home run. Yeah. So you're screwing yourself. Like your board members, everybody is going to get sick and tired of shelling out hundreds of millions of dollars for what is inevitably going to be. I mean, let's let's be real. Coaches, few and by far, are Nick Saban, Joe Paterno, Bobby Bowden, Bear Bryant. Like they're just not Pete Carroll. They're not these people. I hate to admit it. Urban Meyer, like. You've only got a handful of them. All these other guys, like they win, they got a good couple of years. You get, you, you know, string it together, and then all of a sudden it kind of goes to crap. People lose their patience. You're fired. Yeah. Then we start this whole process over again. So why do we keep acting like I just found the next one? I'm going to give them gobs of money. Cut, cut it out. Stop. Yeah. Like Michigan State with Mel Tucker, that was like ninety million. Yeah, they weren't they weren't very good before they let him go. So no, uh, they were just. I mean, honestly, they looked at the first opportunity to to jump ship with him and with. First they college. almost lucked out because he was a dumbass. Yeah, yeah. I think they're gonna. They should have to eat that money because they, the decisions they made leading up to it. But we don't need to rehash that. Um, right. So yeah, moving on from them, I think you know the only thing I wanted to mention in this game that was I thought I, I'm a little concerned about Tennessee's offense. Um, I'm sure we'll touch on them more this season yeah. since they're still relevant. Um, but Joe Milton only had 100 yards passing and yep. 34 yards rushing. Yep, that is trouble. Um, I don't know. He has. Oh, we're had, talking about it. We're talking about yeah, it. Yeah. So he hasn't. One thing I was going to mention is just he hasn't had more than 300 all-purpose yards all season, not once. Mm-hmm. The most he had was 240, and that was against UF, in which they yeah. gained the game they lost. So with that I, arm punt, we'll, we'll talk more as we get into this more in the pod, yeah. and we'll cover it. Um, next game was at USC at Notre Dame. This was also a, an interesting one. It, it kind of got out of hand. Um, USC losing 20 to 48. We were on Notre Dame side here, uh, given two and a half. Uh, I kind of thought it was surprised that Vegas had them as favorites. I know the two of us wanted, you know, thought Notre Dame should be favorites, but. Uh, we decided to go with uh, Notre Dame here. Yo, USC uh, was favored. Oh, sorry, sorry. USC uh, Notre Dame was favored two and a half. So we took. We took I was about to be like, whoa, what? <laughs> I was like, damn, they lost a lot of money that day. Yeah, yeah. So uh, total yards. This was interesting here. So Notre Dame only had two hundred fifty-one total yards. Mm. It was really just those turnovers, five turnovers that USC oh, yeah. uh, gave them, and, and they capitalized on all of them, especially those those interceptions that Caleb oh, Williams threw. Talk to me, Jimmy. We'll, we'll talk more about that uh, later today as well, but um, it's tough. It's tough seeing 302 yards uh, of total offense against uh, Notre Dame. The, Notre Dame's off defense is good, but not that good. If 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 you're as special as you think you are, Lincoln Riley. So we can touch more on that. Um, the only thing I was going to mention about this game, Boone, is is <laughs> did you see the news about Caleb Williams this week that was unrelated to this game? Oh yeah, we're going to talk about it. Okay. Oh. It's- <laughs> Believe me, believe you me. I've got a laundry list on them boys in South LA. Okay, so you want to touch on this later? Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll we'll leave that teaser out there then. I'll I'll touch on it if you don't get it to it. Uh, Miami at UNC was another good game. Um, mm. We I, actually I thought this game was more of a blowout, but thirty-one to forty-one. 
uh, isn't too bad for Miami. Uh, we took UNC given three and a half here. We thought that they were probably favored by a touchdown or more. Um, so, you know, ultimately we were right there. Big, big story of the game here is the four turnovers that Miami gave up. Uh, two fumbles, two interceptions. That probably was the big deciding factor in the game. Um, total yards, 482 Miami had uh, to 508 that North Carolina had. So offensive explosion for both sides. Uh, not much more to the game. I think those turnovers are the big, big, big story there uh, at Chapel Hill. Yeah, I've got, I've got more to talk about with them on a later segment. Okay. Um, next game we had was what was it? Oh, it was Kentucky, Missouri at Kentucky. Um, I almost forgot about this one. <laughs> yeah, this was a nice little treat as well. I think Kentucky. Uh, we can talk about this a little bit, but yeah, Kentucky ends up losing twenty-one to thirty-eight. The surprising thing here was we took Missouri. Um, you were really high on Missouri Boone, so this is all credit to you. I said Kentucky should be favored by three. I think they were, yeah, they were favored by two and a half. So we ended up going Missouri because you said Missouri should be uh, favored by seven. Um, oh yeah. I, I honestly thought I was going to have to be mad at you at halftime because at 14, 14 to zero at half, Kentucky winning. I was like, this is, uh, this is trouble. Um, and, and ultimately they just decided to just completely fall over all over themselves, give up 38 points in the second half, uh, only scoring seven. Uh, there's a few things in this game that's interesting. Honestly, Drinkowitz calling the fake punt uh, for Missouri and their punter throwing a Bro, dime. their punter has a cannon. Yeah, yeah. It was like a 50 yard pass. It was. It was. It was on a dime. And the dude it was, was covered. Beautiful. The dude was covered like really well. <laughs> so uh, definitely a big, big, uh, big, big stones there. Uh, to call that and, and actually hit it. Get the um, wheelbarrow out for him, man. So I, uh, you might touch on this, but I, I think we have enough evidence here now, Boone, and I'll, I'll hand up. We were, I was wrong about this because I said Leary was the best fit as far as transfer portal. It, it's not It's not there. He man. might be trash, bro. We, we know he's not, though. That's what's so crazy. I, maybe, you're, you know, maybe it is the injury. I know we talked about that before, and maybe yeah. that's what – what ultimately was the problem, but uh, dude, he's just not that. He's not doing anything. He, mm. You know, we thought it was maybe one game or another, but only having 120 passing yards here is is trouble. Um, throwing two interceptions in a game where you're up 14 to zero at halftime is is you trouble. can't do that. I mean, that's ultimately why you end up getting blown out here. Um, and so those turnovers are ultimately what hurt them. And I don't know, Mark. What are you doing, man? You guys have such a good running game. Like, even if you don't move it very much, like just run clock. Like you're up fourteen to zero. But we'll, we'll. Uh, that, that's just a whole other coaching thing. Um, UCLA at Oregon State. This game is one of the ones we missed. Um, that actually yeah. felt pretty good about. UCLA kept climbing back, but ultimately, what happened was it was turnovers again. Um, that was the big story of this game. Dude, turnovers are, are, are really what's throwing our numbers off here, um, one way or the other. But UCLA was uh, getting three and a half points. We took them uh, because we thought that they Oregon State should only be favored by by half a point or one point. Um, so ultimately, we went with them, and I think I think we were on the right side of this because if you look at it, UCLA had 453 yards to 415 on uh, Oregon State side. Ultimately, I think they looked like the better team all around. Um, they ran the ball really well, 287 yards. It's just those turnovers, man. They threw three interceptions, and you just it, you can't overcome that. And it almost felt like every time they climbed back into the game here, um, they just threw an interception, and, and you know, one of them was a pick six. It's just like, what are you going to do there? <laughs> yeah. Um, Florida at South Carolina. This one was the no-take for us, um, which I think – Thank we, God. And the thing is, too, like – 
I think we were spot on here. We thought South Carolina should probably be favored by several points, uh, but we ultimately kind of talked about it. And I think part of it was like, I don't, I mean, my biggest thing is like, I didn't trust Rattler. Um, ultimately that's kind of what, what the big, the big change was here. Um, at the end of the game, they just, he just couldn't get it done. Um, I think South Carolina's defense just ultimately ran out of gas. And uh, this is the first time I've seen something from Florida that looks a little different. Um, they're finally throwing the ball down the field. They're finally letting Mertz throw the ball down the field. And I think they kind of figured out that they have a few weapons that they can just kind of throw it down the field to. Um, and I think it caught South Carolina by surprise here because they haven't really done that at all yet this season. So uh, they threw for 423 yards, which is insane. And, and my favorite part about that is all the the Florida fanboys uh, were, were tweeting about it and saying that uh, how much better Graham Mertz stats were than Jordan Travis. And I said, mm. Okay, yeah, you guys go ahead. I'm sure that you guys would uh would would definitely never trade those two any day. <laughs> so after one game against South Carolina that hasn't had a good defense all year, so um, just love it. Yeah, yeah, they, they just somehow just forgot about that Kentucky game pretty quick. So yeah, uh, just, just let them keep dreaming, keep believing. I'm yeah. I'm here for it. That's okay. So. Uh, yeah, turnovers were the story of this game as well. Um, we we kind of feared that, so that was a no take. Another no take for us was a uh, our our favorite Iowa at Wisconsin. Um, mm. It was probably good. We were on the Wisconsin side here. They end up losing, so they're favored by nine or they're favored by ten points. Um, and caught a body. They 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 got they lost by nine. So it was a uh, it was a little a little little rough there. Uh, for them, they they only rushed the ball for 104 yards. Here's my favorite thing: Iowa threw the ball 14 times for 37 yards. <laughs> and st- Dude, it's they, immaculate. They're just like we're gonna we're gonna we literally had two they had a 237 yards total in the game and just all right we're just gonna win 15 to six no problem. It's everybody's favorite storyline in college football that's not an Iowa fan. And my favorite part about all of it, and we've already covered it, but like, they their goal is to score more points. Like that's that's a stated goal, and they clearly it's even better. They're clearly just like we don't. I I think they actually got to the point now where like I think that's out of reach for them. Like the the average for the season, and so now they're like, all right, we're just gonna win games. Like I don't even care at this point. So completely given up. Uh, now they're ranked again, so good for them. Um, back, back in the rankings after their loss, uh, but now we're now we're talking about Wyoming and Air Force. I I'm so glad we covered this game. It, it delivered on everything we wanted to. It really it, good. It was a good game. Um, Air Force ends up uh, winning here, 27 to 34. Um, you know, I, I was a little bit more with Vegas here, saying 10 and a half Air Force should be favorite. You said uh, Wyoming should be favored by seven. I called you crazy. Um, Ultimately, I think we got a little lucky here. Air Force uh, could have probably scored more, um, but we end up end up covering. Uh, they they had the ball right at the end, and I was like, please do not just. They're running the clock, and I'm like, please don't just hit a hole. No home. Miami, no yeah. Miami, no Miami. Yeah. yeah, no. I was more worried that they were just gonna like while they're running the clock, they were just gonna hit a hole and bust one and go up by 14. Uh, but ultimately, they didn't do that. Uh, they turned the ball over twice and still won by seven. Um, so I, you know, I think the big thing is, you know, that 356 yards rushing against a team that actually is pretty decent again on the ground. Um, it, it, that's 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 translating. And here's the thing with Air Force is now they're ranked. They they finally ranked them, ranked them in twenty second. So, I called my shot last week. They're here now. I don't think Air Force has another team on their schedule that can beat them. So we're gonna see probably a twelve and zero Air Force at the end of this year. Ooh, um, give them a New Year six. Come on. 
I, I think I, I think that they're there. Unfortunately, there's too many good teams around that that top tier. I don't think they're going to be able to sneak in. I don't think they're going to be able to pull the UCF. They, who knows? Maybe they'll do the UCF. We're, we're we're national champions after beating a team that doesn't want to be in a New Year's Six bowl. But we'll, we'll see. Uh, but that that was the that was a week for us. So yeah, we ultimately we had a few no takes. Uh, we did have the one push in Oregon at Washington, and ultimately we were five three and one. So that brings us to 22, 26 and two on the season. Actually, I didn't update that. I think yeah. we're uh, 27 and 29 and three on the season. I'll do double check, um, but we're getting closer back to even here. Um, I think Love this week will we'll put us back over if we if we keep staying strong here. All right, perfect. Well, good recap, good stuff. We're we're on the up and up. You know, we were rising up just like the eye of the tiger. So now we're going to step into the lowest of the lows. And it's only right that we do that. Uh, we're we're back. To the Boneyard. All right. So, as I alluded to last week, again, Boneyard rules. Hey, if you guys screw us, if you bone us a little too much on the spreads, you just can't seem to get your spread and check, then guess what? I'm burying your ass. You get three strikes. Once that third strike rings, then guess what? So does your time on our ballot. I'm not playing anymore. Reminder, now again, if you do this end of the season, it's wiped clean. We bring you back. You do it again next year. Shadow Realm. Reminders of who's in the Boneyard. (laughs) Am I jazzed to bring this one up? USC. Mm. Oh, yeah. I forgot about them. Didn't I tell you? Those little frauds were they were hanging around a little too much, acting as if they were so good. Got their Wendy's commercials, their Dr. Pepper commercials. Not a care in the world hitting up the L.A. strip clubs. <clears throat> now, that was strip club. Not strip club. Strip club. Hitting up too many clubs. <laughs> Wait, what? Did, did I miss something? What's going on? <laughs> I just thought I said strip club a little too close to each other. I had to put the comma there. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I know it said something about Caleb Williams in the news this week. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 not that, not that. So, as Jer alluded to, I'm not going to hang out too much because, uh, again, I'm going to address this a little bit later. You know, we're covering. Uh, but what I tell you guys, huh? We even sanctioned ourselves. We sanctioned ourselves, and we said, all right, we got to take Notre Dame. We got to do it. Even though I was pretty high on Notre Dame in the first place, yeah. Even without the sanctions, we were on Notre Dame's side, which is crazy. <laughs> so it was like it was a good, it was a good little sanctioning moment. But man, do I feel validated! I mean, good heavens, boys, you're trash. The minute you play a team with the defense with a pulse, mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm, you know, mm-mm, you know what I'm starting mm-mm. to realize, Ben, is like I think uh, this is a, just a working theory, but like. Teams that have offensive gurus at, at kind of leading them, I feel like their their shelf life is like four to five years. Like you it don't is. really hear like, oh, this is like this up and coming offensive coordinator that just like lights it up and is like consistently. Because it's just like I don't know. I think they just forget to reinvent themselves, and then teams figure out how to defend them. And all of a sudden, as soon as that's on paper, it's like very hard to to overcome. Uh, well, but I, I mean, let's hope that's not Norvell's thing. But I mean. But I, I it's, a lot know, of it is flash in the pan. Yeah, but I also don't know if he's in that category. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm talking like the 
the like TCU last year. Um, obviously, you know their offensive oh, coordinator. Garrett Riley. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, it goes to Clemson and they look like garbage. So Heupel, like, yeah, I, no, no, literally, and they still have the same weapons. Like I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something to that because I think defense translates, and there's a you know there's something to that. But I, I think on offense, I. I don't know. Maybe well, I'll keep working on my theory here. I'll, I'll think of some other yeah, ones we'll, over the weeks. We'll work shopping. All right, number two, Iowa State. Yeah, you, come on, Matt. What the hell, bro? Number three, Arkansas, which, damn it, do they just not keep playing jump rope with you? I don't understand Arkansas at all. Uh, number four, LSU. I mean, pretty much goes to show. Their defense is ass. They can't cover shit. They can score the Kings' ransom in points, but... Yeah. I mean, Jaden Daniels is quietly having a phenomenal year. And you wouldn't know because they're in these damn dogfights all the time because their defense can't play. Yeah. So, recipients of a strike this week are... Wisconsin. <laughs> damn you, Wisconsin. What the hell was that? What was that? They just ran into the bus. All that is Iowa's Iowa's defense. I guess. I mean, what the what the I, heck? I wonder if it's like one of those like, you know how like when you lose one sense, the other one becomes like super powered. Like, I guess. I wonder if their defense is just like always supercharged in, because yeah, they have no offense. They're in like fight or fight mode right now, like at all times. Like Ryan, like, we, we Ryan Ferentz has given up on calling offense. He's just like, yeah. hey, hey boys, just how would you defend this? And they're like, this is how we would coach you. He goes, great, do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll leak all the offensive stuff. I'll, I'll get, oh, too soon, but I'll get some signal callers. <laughs> I'll have them do in-person's captain. <laughs> Brian Ferentz might be my favorite guy in college football. He's like, ah, he's like Trump, man. Like, you remember when Trump was in office just giving all these damn speeches all the time and you're just like, this guy's off the wire. There's no way he's going to top it ne- tomorrow. And he does. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, he's not the president anymore. So you're like, ah, oh, maybe for the best. But at the same time, like, oh, I miss these speeches. It's going to be me with Brian Ferentz. Like, Iowa's offense is competent again. I'm going to be like, you know what? This sucks. I remember the Iowa that couldn't score that was still winning games. What if they like run the table only lose one or two games and like Bro, it's very doable. It's very like, on the table right now. Like, like fourteen points a game on average. Like <laughs> what do you do? I, I, so here's the thing is like his terminate his his contract terminates if he doesn't average twenty four. But that doesn't mean they can't rehire him. That would be hilarious if they actually like announced his contract's been terminated, and then like oh, three Kirk hours Ferris, later, Kirk Ferris they, would have to get, be fired after that. It's like you were three hours really later, they make an announcement to say that he's back, and 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 now the the, the standard is twenty points again. Surprise! We we renegotiated. We've cracked. <laughs> we've cracked the code. It's the only way our defense plays well is when our offense sucks. Oh my gosh! Well, speaking speaking of. Just running into buzzsaws or axe or whatever you want to call them. Chopping tools. Colorado. What? What? What was that? What was that? 29 to nothing. You were up at halftime. I went to bed. I thought, surely, surely, Colorado, you have this in hand. Stanford is literally the doormat of the Pac-12. 
Only to find out that I wake up the next morning, you lost? What? Not only that, they had a wide receiver go off for like 300 yards. What the? What? What the hell? Dion, your specialty is DBs. And your DBs got cooked worse than a Sunday barbecue. What the? What? Absolutely you're getting a strike. Good Lord. Well, while we're at it, Man, these jokers thought they were DBU. Wrong. Miami. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Miami, what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah, you had had buffoonery last week, or even the week previous with Georgia Tech. Then you kind of went in and just like, I'm not going to use that term, but you were limp. (laughs) You were limp. You went... Face some adversity and you go, oh no. Oh damn it. And you know what? Now's what I'm going to touch on it here. That game was a blowout. The only reason it wasn't is because Mac Brown, what? What the hell are you doing? There were so many moments where it was just like, step on the gas, Mac, break their neck. And he was just like, you know what? I think I'm going to punt this one away. Yeah. Mac! The game is still going. They can still come back. I uh, just come on, Mario. Come on, do something, buddy. Come on. He's like, like he's winking across the field. Hey, come on, come on, buddy. Come on, keep your job. Yeah, there's 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 sense of the the Mac Brown special somewhere. We just we're just we got to sniff it out. It's it's coming. I mean, if I'm if oh, uh, can you imagine if they did like get within three? First of all, I'd have been pissed because, like, what a what a bad beat. What a backdoor crapper. Yeah. But if I'm the UNC faithful, I'm going, Mac, what the hell? Brother, we had that in, in hand. We were destroying them. And you just kind of were like, oh, I feel bad. <laughs> like, what is, what is that? Nothing's worse than feeling as if your coach's loss is killer instinct. But... Yeah, Miami, you get a strike. Like, what What the hell? What? Jeez Louise, man. Oh, we're undefeated. Maybe we're back. Nope, two losses in a row. About to, you know what? Before I go down that track, stop myself. And uh, you know what? I think I didn't write this one down, but you reminded me of it. UCLA, you get a strike, too. Ooh, I thought you were going a different direction there. I, I have I have one, and I think we're already on strike strike two or three for them. Mm, I have Texas A&M with a strike, too. Oh, that Texas—they're not even. Oh, I don't even care anymore. Uh, yeah, they're they're getting one, but you know, I think I think you know who's due for the boneyard, and we talked about it last week when when you you mentioned this team, and I thought you were talking about this one. Okay, I think it's our East Coast USC. Oh, what? You talking about my good time, boy? You talking about my little dirty Dieter? You talking about my right hand man? My little, my little Gamecock, my Carolina man, Mr. Broken Foot himself, Shane Beamer. No, sir. Well, I will tell you though, I was, I was giving him a side eye. Dude, he deserves to, more than a side eye. I don't know, man. I freaking bozo, man. This guy, you, you had the Gators by the tail. You had him. You let it slip to your little grimy little fingers. 
We're not talking about a team that they like were underdogs with like two touchdowns by. We're talking about a team that's not good. I know, and that's where like I mean they I made, don't expect much from made, South Carolina, dude. I know I'm not either, but they made but Graham, that was dude. They made Graham Mertz a Heisman candidate to Florida fans, which is insane. That is insane. I mean, I'll tell you this. Like, look, I I said this. They're always going to be my, my my little dirty deeter until one day. They just, you know, I've, oh, I've had enough. This this was the under-the-table strike. This was the, mm-hmm, okay, I mean, i got low standards for you, but that, that one kind of hurt. But, so we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to remember that. I, you know, I didn't really expect you to do much here, but, God, that's a tough one. I knew you had it, so. Gotcha. I forgot yeah. you had such, such a low standard. Yeah, I, yeah, two, two, fingers, about it. two fingers to my eyes, two fingers to South Carolina. Just, hey, man. I got them. I'm going to remember that. I'm just going to remember that. Yeah. You can't bury what's already been dead and buried. Right, 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 right. Like, it's just, it's one of those where I'm just like, all right, I'm keeping my enemies close here. Fair eventually, enough. one day, I just, I take them out behind the shed and I Fair shoot them in the back of the head. But, all right, with that being said, we move on to our next segment. Lenny, the river's over here, Lenny. <laughs> Isn't it pretty? <laughs> hey, hey, dad, or granddad, come on. Go, t- take a walk with me here. Aren't the flowers beautiful this time of year? Oh, they are. Yeah, they are. They are. Yes. Look, all the the, the, you know, the the snow has melted. The flowers are blooming. Look, a fresh rabbit. Whoa! What do you what do you seem to be cleaning off there? Oh, nothing. Don't worry about it, Granddad. Just it's a, a war medal. A you're just war like metal. instead of like offing them, you're just like I'm just gonna let you sit down by the river by yourself for a little. While. Yeah, yeah. Take it in. Maybe really? you'll drown yourself, and maybe we'll never see you again. But yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna screw on the silencer, and maybe I pull the trigger. Maybe maybe nature does it for me. I don't know. I can't tell you. But <laughs> all right, uh, yeah. But anyways, we we digress. We're gonna move into the things we've learned. The more you learn, the more you know, the, the more, more you know, know you're, you're just, just in the know. know. It's the things we've learned, things we've learned. I like that you're chiming in now. I like that's 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 good. I appreciate. I went low that. this week. I went low this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the little tenor action. That's a little baritone, baby. Uh, that's nice. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So the things we've learned, uh, things that I've definitely learned, is the Pac-12 is one. Hundo P gonna come down between Washington and Oregon. Game mm. of the year, Jer was spot on, but I don't think that's the last time we're gonna see it. Might get a part two, part two. I hope. I, I just don't know because I, I, I'm worried because Oregon they, they can't slip up and they've got a tough schedule. So yeah, they do. Uh, but I mean, wa- wa- Washington does too. But I mean, come on, come on, USC is a bunch of freaking frauds, man. Now, USC would be lucky to yeah, win against either one of them. They could be Oregon. <laughs> I don't, think, I don't think it'd be lucky. I think I they got know. a better I'm, chance of beating Washington because of that whole defense situation. But I'm not sold on either team right now. Uh, but you know, I, I, I feel like it was a good game. But I, I think they both get dog walked by several other teams in this in the country. Well, that that's just it. This is just for the Pac-12. This is for the I last know. Know. last king of the ball. I just don't think that they're the head and shoulders ever. But I hopefully we'll see it. I'm fine with that. All right. Well. Uh, speaking of kings and crowns and balls and all that good stuff, uh, I think the crown for the best defense might just solely reside in the Midwest. I'm looking at you, Big Ten country. I mean, damn. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, 
doesn't matter. You're not scoring, which is kind of shocking. And given in a, a day and age where offense is king and you just don't see those traditional shutouts or mm-hmm. anything anymore, you got some of these teams holding people to single digits consistently. Yeah. I, I think I agree. I think part of that, though, is just how bad some of the teams are that they're playing. But I, I, I'm i okay with you, I, especially Iowa. I'm okay with you, you throwing that out there. Iowa's got the – you're right. They got that blind sense. Everything else kicked up a notch. Yeah. They're, they're fighting for their lives on defense, too. They can't give anything up or else right. it's, it's game over. At this point, it's just like, oh, I'm a – I got one sense down. I got all my senses else. I know. I know how to play cover two, little cover three, maybe even fire bullet zero. Man, I know. I know what I'm doing. You can't. You can't beat me, sir. He can't see. Oh, but you can. You can I can hear everything. I can hear everything, baby. And I. I know when you breathe. I know when you move. I. I got it on lock, baby. That's Iowa. That's Iowa's defense. I'm sorry, I got lost in that for a second. But yeah. Uh, last last bit for me. Uh, UNC. I think they're more than just Drake May. I mean, oh, buddy, the defense was making Miami look silly. Just silly. And Syracuse, silly too. Double silly back-to-back. And, you know, we kind of saw this against USC, which, like, I mean, (laughs) Carolina, uh, which really isn't saying much. But at the same time, like, hey, UNC's out here playing defense, dog. And uh, it's, it's looking good. You need that for when you got a guy who... Is a potential Heisman, you know, candidate, if not winner. He's going to go high in the draft. He can take you the distance. Um, you you, you got to rely on somebody. You can't just, I don't know, be the Trojans. <laughs> See how well that's working out for him. Uh, but, yeah, UNC might be a legitimate threat, man, and they rightfully have earned their spot in the top ten. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that until they, they prove otherwise, I think you're right. They should, they, they've earned it. Um and, and naturally, I mean, as you get through the season and you're the, one of the few undefeated teams, I think you just naturally fall there. But I, I agree 100%. Um, you know, I I will say I, I, I think I'm at the point now where I, I've, I've kind of given up on the things we've learned and I'm now moving to my own things we learn every week. <laughs> and I think it's going to be a reoccurring segment for me. But my things we learned is uh, coaching still matters. <laughs> and uh, this week I'm, uh, I'm calling one – Primetime Deion Sanders to the stand. <laughs> so, uh, wow. So, the, all right. So, what you're saying is of the things we've learned, we're we're just going to have a sub segment that is coaching still matters. Yes. Okay. All right. I like that. And by we, I mean me. I just I keep yeah. going back to it. I think we're naturally going to find one every week that I'm going to get to go over. So questionable calls. I like it. Yeah. I think more than questionable calls, but right, yeah, I, yeah. So. Let's talk a little bit. So I know you covered it a little bit, so I'm not going to get too far in. Long story short, there are like 10 minutes left in the third quarter. It wasn't even the second half. Like, they're up 29 to 0. So at this point, there's 24 minutes left in the game. And for whatever reason, Colorado decides on fourth and two inside their own field position near midfield, they decide, let's go for it instead of punting. They go for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, game's probably out of hand. It's not that big of a deal. Let's go for it. They don't get it. So. What happens next? They get a stop. It's third down, but they have twelve men on the field, just completely unorganized. I don't oh. I just just completely unorganized. Colorado, obviously, uh, next play they go down and and and, and score uh, Stanford. That is, and then Colorado gets the ball back. 
has a three and out, punts it to inside the five, inside the five-yard line for uh, Stanford. All of a sudden, next play, 97 yards on a quick slant. I did see that. Just straight posted. To All of a sudden, you're in a game. So now you're in a game. Colorado, let's go. Let's get the ball back. Three and out again. <laughs> next hmm. drive. Who, who gets cooked here? Our, our, our friend Travis Hunter gets cooked for a long TD. It wasn't Twice. 97 yards. Yes, not done. <laughs> so Stanford then ultimately gets the ball again, drives down into the red zone, sets up, ends up getting fourth and three. So they get the stop. This At this point, we're in the fourth quarter. <laughs> gets a stop in the red zone. On a first, it was first and goal from like the two or three yard line. They get multiple stops, and it's fourth and thirty three. So basically, they're on the thirty three yard line. They need to go all the way. But at the end of that third down play, Travis Hunter decides to get real stupid and knock some guy's helmet off and punches him after a play. Mm. Free, free first down. <laughs> Ultimately, they score, and it's now twenty six to twenty nine. So all of a sudden, you just have a few three and outs. You look up, and you're out of out of out of out of you know. Actively crapping your pants. Correct. Correct. So what happens is they end up going down. Colorado scores. Uh, so it gets a little bit more of a breathing room. So at this point, you get a third and goal. You get a stop again. 12 men on the field again. <laughs> Here's my issue with this one is like the entire coaching staff is panicking on the sideline trying to get someone off the side of the field, and no one decides to call a timeout. Like they actively are confused, but no one decides to call a timeout, even though you have three timeouts and there's like four minutes left in the game. So Stanford ties it up with a field goal here uh, with time expiring and the game goes into overtime. Here's my biggest thing, and here's where I'm kind of like, this is where it's more on Dion and and, and my biggest problem. So obviously Travis Hunter's playing. He's playing both ways still. Let's not forget that he just came off of like a kidney laceration and was been out and not practicing and participating for four weeks. And you roll him out there and make him play hundreds of plays in this game. And ultimately what happens is they just start targeting him, him specifically towards the end of the game, but in overtime. And he's just I, – I, he's an elite talent. And I, my thing is here is, like, I'm not even going to pick on him. He's just not set up for success. Like, he's clearly gassed. He's taking plays off, like, on both sides of the ball, especially on defense. He's not physical late in the game. And ultimately the way – I mean, the way I look at it is, one, he's the one getting cooked for this 300 yards that this kid went for. He's, he's the main – you know, DB covering him. And so a lot of this falls on him, but a lot of it too falls on the coaching staff because you can tell he's tired and what are you going to do? So ultimately this is kind of where, where it really hurts them. And so they, they end up going for it in second overtime. Uh, they get the ball down to the one yard line. It's first and goal and they have to score a touchdown here. Uh, or I guess they had the ball first, so they can do whatever. Um, they run twice. Don't get it on third down. Shador rolls out and throws the ball up to Travis Hunter in the back of the end zone and gets picked off. My biggest thing here is like Travis doesn't even try and come back and compete for the ball, knock it down, try and knock it down so they can kick a field goal. Nothing. And it's dude, he's just dead. He's just exhausted. He's playing he's played a full game after not practicing or playing, and now he's in overtime. And he's just dead. He has no energy. Like, you can just look at it. And it's like, from a coaching standpoint, it's like, I know you don't have a ton of DBs on the sideline, but, like, dude, the guy can't play, and you're just setting him up for failure. So, ultimately, Stanford kicks field goal, wins the game. Here's my biggest thing is, Dion, after the game, is pl- blaming his players. And he, he, quote, said, right now some of our players are not built for this. They have, they have to make a play and make a block at some point. Mm. 
So you're up 29 to zero after we just talked through all of that, all the just decisions that were made, all the coaching decisions that you clearly didn't have the right men on the field. You didn't call timeouts when there were opportunities to call timeouts and get things fixed. You didn't take a guy off the field that shouldn't have been on the field after letting him play. And you could tell he's taking plays off and getting cooked. It would be one thing if you're taking plays off and like, okay, they hit one or two plays. Dude, he was getting absolutely just destroyed. At some point, you got to put someone else out there and, then coming out and just blaming players about like not blocking and not doing what they're supposed to be doing is ridiculous. And my favorite thing is it wasn't just after the game. There's been a lot of like things coming out afterwards. And a lot of coach primes assistants are calling out players saying that some of them are the most horrific practice habits they've ever seen. Let's not forget that they brought in like 90% of the roster. Yeah, but it's you're running practice. (laughs) Exactly. Two things. One, you're in in charge of practice and, and effort. And then also Let's not pretend that Dion was like this is just a roster that he was handed. He he's the one that came in. He, yes, he's the one that's bragging about Louie and all this stuff. These are the guys you brought in, so oh, you can't do the whole oh these oh. aren't my guys. So something's going on here, and the fact that like you're already exceeding expectations even with this loss, like it's not good. It was not a good loss, and I'm still like I said, that's the whole point of blaming the coaches, like. But then now you're having this dysfunctional, like, locker room. And the thing is, like, if you take a step back, like, in reality, they really haven't done anything that special this year. They barely beat Colorado State. They lost this game. And then, well, obviously, that's a bad TCU team. That TCU team is not good. Yeah, we, we kind of called it, and we knew they weren't going to be as good, but they clearly have not been good this year. They, they're, I think, whether they like, They beat a bad Nebraska team. Like three and three now, or something like, or two and yeah. four. Like they're not, yeah, they they're not very good at all. So uh, there's not much to hang your hat on at this point um, because everything that you were hanging your hat on seems like fool's gold at this point. So um, yeah, you got your ass handed to you by Oregon. You just lost one to Stanford, which is inexcusable. Yeah. So my point is, coaching still matters. But at the end of the game, like you're up to twenty nine to zero with twenty four minutes left in the game, like. Just make don't make dumb decisions. You have a really good quarterback that can run the ball. Like you have a really good running back. Like. You're not playing a good team. It's not like you're up 29 to zero against like Alabama or or you know Georgia or, or a team that could really challenge you, and you just happen to be in a good position. It's like, no nah, man, like you gotta you gotta you can't you can't blow this game like a Mario did, and then come out and blame blame your players. Like that's absolutely not what you can do. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. That's it's, that's it's my good. that's my. I think we're gonna find another one this week. We'll see who it is. Uh, but someone's gonna be doing something stupid on the sideline and blaming players after some dumb decisions. So uh, I'm excited for next week. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. I, I like I like where that's at. That's uh that's good stuff. Yeah. I mean. That's a tough look. I didn't know the full extent. Again, like I said, like I, I went to bed at halftime. So to me, I was like, oh yeah, that's yeah. this is in the books. Like, yeah, and I, I know it's long winded, and I know we got into it, but like that, you have to like. There was like seven decisions that were made that were just like terrible decisions throughout the game. And it was just all it's all in the coaches. Like you can't blame the players. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and take it out to our sponsors, but then we're gonna come back. We're gonna rip into week eight. Boy, am I excited for week eight! But again. Let's go ahead and kick it out of the sponsors right now. Chicken, 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 chicken. It's all your spicy bacon chicken. Take one bite and it all starts clicking. Crown of my day. All right. So, yep, I'm having it my way with week eight here. We're getting started. It's going to be hot fire to start. This is a good week, baby. This is a good week. So let's go ahead and get started with the Nooners. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go.
Oh, okay, all right. I'm getting up, I'm getting out of bed, and I'm ready to walk into one of my favorite teams of the year. We had the game of the year last week, but it might get triumphed this week. Not even a one-week shelf life. I've been waiting for this badass game all year. And man, did we think we were going to see fireworks? Hell no. We're going we're to tune into toughness. I'm ready to see who's tough and who's not. Mm. And as I learned earlier in the year... He was talking about toughness. Finish that drive. Toughness. Toughness. That's it. Physicality across the board. Finish it off. Mm. Having guts. Mm. Now, like I like to know where Lou Holtz is. Where's this song? What he said about our I team. What he said about our team. What do we say? I cannot believe. Oh, I can't this believe it. Can't say it on these airwaves. We're proud to be from Ohio. Mm. Been Ohio against the world. Yes, sir. Yes, absolutely. And now we get to know. Is James Franklin for real? Because you're about to walk into the bowels of hell, James. This is a tough place. It's tough. Tough team. Tough team. We're tough out there in Ohio. We're tough out here in Columbus. You're walking into a tough nut of a situation. Tough. Is this James Franklin's time? Is it finally his turn to get the seat at the table like the proud little graduate at Thanksgiving? Mm. Don't think you're going to need a wishbone for this one, Jimmy. Because what a perfect time to be playing Ohio State, huh? At their house, you get to take it from them and their place. You get to tell them who's really tough. But Ohio State, buddy, we were talking a big game, kind of backed it up against Notre Dame. That has... Kind of taking a hit, but you know what? Offense looks like it's getting itself together. I think it's time you shove little brother's face in the dirt. Take his Halloween candy. Get the good ones. Give him the crap ones. You leave the ones with the razors. This is your time to silence the haters. Prove us wrong. Put this man in his place. Let him know who's number one slash maybe number two as of late. Let Penn State, no, you're correctly number three in this conference. But I don't think so. I think it's Jimmy's time. Come on, James. Penn State, two and a half. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I We're so high on Penn State this year. I I know we talked about a preseason, and I'm like, I went through this game, and I'm like trying to put numbers to it, and I've, I'm I'm kind of disappointed in myself because I'm like, I, I want to go with Penn State. I, I will say I have a high state at minus four. Oh no, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, so my, here's a few things. Well, it, it's mostly around history, which is probably not fair, and that's where I think maybe I could get talked off of it. But obviously, last year, 44 to 31 um, at Penn State, it was actually a really good game. Ohio State scores 28 in the fourth quarter. They kind of run away with it. But um, my thing is, like, obviously, Penn State's looked good this year. They've they've taken care of everyone they've played. Um, my biggest concern is two things. One, Penn State is 1-9 in the last 10 games against Ohio State, which 
I think they're a lot closer of a team in these last few years, so I'm not as concerned. But my, my biggest concern is Franklin just hasn't won any games, none, against top teams uh, while he's been at Penn State. Just, he just doesn't do it. He doesn't get over the hump. Uh, their last win against the top 25 team in the regular season, and I'm not counting Iowa this year, so we can scratch that one because that one's – Oh, come on. Up. What are you doing? Not counting that one. You're robbing this guy. Not counting that one um, because that was just a rain. It was just a weird game, and uh, they did dominate. So I'm going to give them credit for that. Okay. The last win was against number 18 Michigan back in 2019. Mm, so, that should count for something. It's <laughs> – Sure. <laughs> Sure, a completely different roster, um, but they've had plenty of opportunities the last few years. It just hasn't. They just can't get the win. So that's where I'm like, I just don't know if I can pick them to win. Um, you know, I think the only thing that I am going to be excited about here is Penn State. While they haven't beaten Ohio State in the last five matchups, they have covered in four of them, and the one they didn't cover was the COVID year. So that's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. ideal. And it's not like they're getting 20 points a game. I mean, it's it's been closer games, uh, like 12 half point favorites, things like that. Um, I, I do think Penn State's defense is going to match up well if we're going to talk about X's and O's here. Uh, Ohio State offense, I am still not sold on them. Uh, I think I think they're not going to be able to run on the, lean on the running game like they have been um, because Ohio State's just too good on defense. So that just means the, the big question is, how are the quarterbacks going to play? I think that's the big – I mean, I think these teams are very comparable. I think the quarterbacks are the big thing. Obviously, you have McCord uh, on on, that, on one side of the ball uh, with, with Ohio State. I'm not impressed with him. Well, uh, and that's where I'm going to say, like, I think you're getting them at a good spot here. Because yeah, this, this was CJ last year. Oh, oh I, yeah. don't, I don't like your chances. 100%. They, don't, they definitely don't have them. I mean, that's, that was the biggest thing when we talked about the losses on Ohio State's schedule at the beginning of the year. We talked about them not having CJ. Uh, and specifically having McCord as his replacement because he hasn't been tested. And I think his only test was against Notre Dame. And I would argue, even though they won that game, I think... He didn't look good. He failed the test. He did. Like, the, like we talked about he, it. At, he put it together game. when it mattered most, but throughout the majority of that game. But, but the thing is, like, he did, but he didn't because he threw a pick that got dropped by Notre Dame. It was literally, like, in the guy's hands. And if he would have caught that, we'd be talking about this completely differently. Oh, so, yeah. Kalen King don't play no mess so, out there in the corner, man. Ultimately, they got, they, they got it done. But, like, that's the whole thing with – I mean, that's the whole bit with, like, Ryan Day and stuff is, like – you're acting like you just like rose up and just dominated and won this game. It's like no, nah, they kind of gave it to you. Like they kind of you barely got in. It, it's like I'm not so sure. So I think they're definitely a lot more similar to Notre Dame. Um, I, See, I, I think I, here's my deal: is you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like yeah, James really hasn't. Like he's gotten a few wins here and there when it mattered, but for the most part, this guy is a, a classic fumble artist. Like he just it's always right there, but. Outside of maybe the Trace McSorley years, which even then, like I'd say, it was it was good. Like they just never had that defense ever. This is a classic Penn State defense. Oh yeah, this is this is you know the years of Joe Pa, and I think you finally have a quarterback back there who doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of mistakes. You've got a tandem duo at running back that are just going to abuse whoever is in front of them. They have had their fair share of moments this year where it's like, Penn State, what are we doing? And they end up coming back. I mean, let's not forget, they're like the only team, I'm sure, that has put points up against Iowa and made them look like schoolyard children. Like, they, to me, this seems like stars are aligning for it to be make or break for you, James. Get it done, make it happen, and if not, I don't know if you're ever going to see the mountaintop. 
I really don't. Now, I do want to throw this in here, though, because this is this is funny to me. Iowa probably is going to take the West, which is hilarious. Which means the East has to duke it out with arguably who should be the only teams in the Big Ten Championship, and Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. We do potentially have a situation here, Jerry. Let's say Ohio State wins Saturday. Penn State feeling they were done wrong. This is egregious. Beats Michigan. And then Michigan beats Ohio State. Yeah, you get messy real quick. (laughs) You all have one loss. You're all in the same division. The head-to-head is now a love triangle. So where do we go? I would think to the polls. Now here's the deal. Penn State, Ohio State was so long ago. Penn State catapults themselves back up into the conversation by beating who I would imagine at this point is number two, if not number one overall, Michigan. With that soft-ass schedule. And then Michigan beats Ohio State, which is a top-ten team at this point. So it depends on, I don't know what the rules are, but like, I know with like the ACC, it goes to head to head. But then if you have a scenario like this where there's too many head to heads, there's the polls. A, the, well, no, the poll, it, it, they go to actual uh, like opponents uh, record. And if you have a similar record, which in, in, in theory all of these would have the same record with like opponents, then it goes to um, n- non like opponents that you have and then their records. So if you've actually had a harder big – that are specifically in your conference. So if you've so had a harder – That's where Michigan screwed themselves. Correct. Well, they didn't do it to themselves. But, yeah, that's their problem. This is all hypotheticals, of course, but I'm just correct. Saying, like, and, and that's – I think you're right. It would align with the polls. If the polls would say, well, they had less – you know, they, they had an easier schedule, um, so they have less impressive wins. Um, that, besides the point. Anyways, I, I agree. I think the problem is with your logic is I don't think Michigan's going to lose – I don't think they're going to lose to Ohio State. <laughs> so, and I don't. I don't know. They would beat. They would beat Ohio State. Oh, you're saying? Okay, I got you. They would lose to Penn State. Got you. You're saying and that Penn, Penn State, State is lose. hosting Michigan this year. You're saying Penn State would lose to Ohio State in the same. Ohio okay. State, and then Saturday. it could go one. I mean, it could go either way around this triangle. Yeah. So, um, we'll see. But let, let's skip through this game. So, I said, you know, I think I really do think it's more of a pick 'em. Like, it, but the problem is, is like you're playing, you know, obviously in Columbus. Um, and then uh, the biggest thing is Marvin Harrison. I think he's the, the ultimate tiebreaker. So I think with that in, in consideration, like I think four points to Ohio State here is, is right. You said three to Penn State. I said two and a half. So two and a half, this would put us to two Ohio State. I think it puts us closer to one. But, yeah, you've got to count zero in there. So right. um, puts us one. So Ohio State here is actually favored by four and a half. So both of us are on uh, Penn State side of this. Wow, four and a half? Yeah, I, I really do think they're giving them a lot of credit for home field because that, that is a real competition to play there. It is, it is. All right, well, okay, Penn State it is. We're riding out, and if I screw us, I screw us. I stand by it. I wanted Penn State the whole year. This is my do or die. This is my moment yeah. to put my stamp on I'm glad we're on it because we, we, we were high on them, so it's like this yeah. is this is where the line in the sand is drawn. Yep, so, yep, this is where we, se- we separate the boys from men. Yep. All right, Let's well, with it. that being said... That's it for our neuters. We now move into... Oh, yeah. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold yeah, baby. 
we got a little afternoon delight going on. So, to kick us off on these afternoon delights, I've got Washington State going into the pits of hell, an angry little duckling. Mm. Number nine, Oregon. Tough loss. Tough loss for, for the Ducks, okay? Pretty sure that field goal at the end of the half, as we alluded to, is going to eat Dan Lanning late at night. But good news here, Dan. If you clear your games remaining, you get another shot at the title for that last year of the glorious Pac-12, riding off into the distance. But it starts with step one, which step one right now is demolish the living hell out of Washington State. Yeah. Oregon proved last week that they, they are pretty well-rounded on both sides of the ball. And as we've learned earlier in the year, Washington State ain't exactly all that on defense. So, I think they're going to come into this game. They're going to be pissed off. They're going to be angry. They let it slip. So now it's time to just take it out on whoever you see next. Turns out, Washington State's that guy at the bar. I got Oregon at 21. Oh yeah, no, I think that's good. Um, yeah, I agree. I think like when you get to numbers this high, I think it comes down to like you're you're talking between like twenty seven to seventeen or anything below, above that. It's like all about motivation, if that makes sense. So like, uh, you know, how how motivated are they? Because it's like obviously we think they're the better team. So it's like, how are they going to show up, dominate, get ahead by so much that even a backdoor is not going to hurt you? Or is it going to be, you know, we're going to step on the gas and not let up? Like, there's a lot of that. And so I I think the big question is how are they going to be coming off the loss? I think Washington State's kind of in a weird place. Like, they look good to start the season, but then now they're on a two-game losing streak. And uh, they beat that good Oregon State team. Mm. But then they lost to UCLA by uh, one touchdown. And then last week they lost 6-44 to against Arizona, which – I, I don't know. <laughs> That's what, I'm like I don't know what to do with them, but I do think it's it's definitely I think it's it's Oregon versus the world here sort of thing. Uh, I think they're gonna be highly motivated. I think it's not just so much about like style points. I know we talked about that, but I do think there is something to, um, you know, Bo Nix came out after the game and gave a lot of support to Dan Landing about decisions and things being done in the game. Um, and it seems like they're kind of all on the same page. So I think usually that's a good sign. I don't, you know, I don't want to put too much weight into that, but I do think they're going to be motivated. I do think they have a lot of reasons that they need to kind of come out and, and win big, especially because they're going to be at home uh, after that tough loss, and uh, they're going to be able to kind of show what they are. So I'm going to say Oregon uh, favor, should be favored by 27 or 28 here, four scores. Mm, okay. All right. That's um. Uh... That's quite a lot. All right. Where does that, where, where, where that put us? Because, I mean, damn, like, I don't know if Washington State's going to waltz out there and do 44-6 to six again, but if they do, oh, my gosh. Hey, pack it up. That's yeah. it for the season for you because, I mean, damn, how do you get to be ranked as high as you were doing so well with Cam Ward and then back-to-back weeks you get beat, like, by 38 points? I mean, I would imagine because, like, let's let's not joke. Let's say Oregon puts it on him, like forty-eight to ten. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think it's less about Washington uh, State in this <laughs> scenario. They're just they're going to take it out on the state of Washington. <laughs> um, so I, I, that puts us around like twenty-four points uh, between the two of us, and Oregon is favored by twenty on the number. 
Okay. All right. Well, so what are we thinking here? What are we, we going to take it? We're, we're four points off? Yeah, I'm taking it. All right. Because yeah, I, I, I think regardless, like, Oregon's definitely winning this game. And then oh, it, just, yeah. it makes it way more fun to be like, Oregon, come on. <laughs> Beat that ass. Yeah. Come on. I think as long as their defense shows up and is wanting to play and they're not just like, oh, we had a tough game last week. Let's just kind of get through this one. As long as that's not the case and they don't give away, like, two, two random scores, I think they're easily going to cover this. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well. We're going to move over. Oh, what's this? Oh. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Do my ears deceive me, or is that... Is that the Iowa Hawkeye fight song? Oh, yeah. Come on, Brian. We're giving you the nod, damn it. We've got Minnesota at number 24, Iowa. And man, oh man, is this not going to be fun. I mean, I think this is just now my favorite thing to cover. Brian Ferentz is almost certainly getting fired at the end of the season. Which, as we alluded to, oh, damn it. Like, there goes our our town jokester. There goes our jester. He's not going to hit the total points. But you know what? I don't think he cares anymore. I think Jarris Wright, we're hitting the nail on the head. This guy's just all about feeding the superpower of losing a sense. And gaining another just in just incredible, you know, facet. And the defense is just going to be so beefy, so strong, so juggernaut that no one, no one can score on them. No, sir. I mean, if you think about it, they're 6-1. and one. Their sole loss is to Penn State. An undefeated Penn State. Not a bad record. So no matter how bad this man performs... You still apparently cannot beat Iowa. I love it. I love it. You can't beat them. We hate them. Sort of. Some of us love them. But we can't beat them. All right, so that's why this week, Jer and I are going to switch it up. We are going to do Over Under! That's right. We're going to stay away from the spread on this one because at this point it's a given. Iowa is just not going to reach it. And whoever play Iowa is also not going to reach it. It's way more fun to think, hey, are they even going to score points or enough points? So the over-under for this game is, everybody please, 30 and a half. The lowest that it has ever been in recent years. 30 and a half. Incredible. We're talking about a 15 to 15, maybe even 15 to 16 kind of game here. So you know what? Let's make this thing fun as hell. I want to sit on the edge of my seat, baby. We're going to take the under. <laughs> Come on, Brian. Make it happen for us. <laughs> yeah, for all these games, what I do is like, I uh, I always do like a, this is what I think the score is going to be. I put seventeen to ten, just based on what I was seeing. Oh my, it's beautiful. And I was like, nah, it's probably lower than that. <laughs> That's too many. So I put the line at twenty four. <laughs> oh my gosh, you, jeez, bro, you could have, you could have, you could have uh, told me the line was twenty seven. I'd be like, oh, we got to take the under. <laughs> 
You, what's going to be great is if they hit this with ease. I mean, it's just like nine to six with three yeah, minutes left in the fourth. I, I don't know what Vegas could do. Like, I think at some point you literally had to put the over under at like fifteen and just get people to better because I think they're just losing tons of money on this because I think people have jumped on it. At some point, it's going to get like we're going to get bit, but like I think you just ride it until it doesn't hit. Yeah, I just oh man, it's it's incredible to me that. Their defense is that good. <laughs> 30 and a half is like, yeah, I think we could hit the under there, boys. Yeah. I think their defense is that good, but they also, like, they they just haven't played anyone either. So it's a little bit of, like, both. It's like well, they weren't. I can, they I can weren't assure good. you, Minnesota is not oh, good. We correct. learned that the hard way. They are 100% in that category. The I just recently is, found out PJ Fleck came into that job with a full head of hair. <laughs> Not, we see not where that's one. gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Our boy's looking like Barack Obama after a couple of years in office. It just went from straight grays. His just fell straight out. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I was – I think their defense is top ten, but they're not – I don't think they're, like, top five. Um, but, yeah. but, yeah, they haven't played anyone. Uh, the only team they have played was Penn State, and they got killed, so – <laughs> uh, but hey, let's let's see what happens. It's it's more fun rooting for the under here. It's oh, I better, love it. than, better than yeah. rooting for a team. I think this is more fun. We got to start incorporating this a little bit more, especially with some of these teams that were like, "There's not even a defense. We're just going to hit the over and see what happens." Exactly. Uh, but all right, so moving into that next man up. Oh no! Tennessee, what have you done? You done pissed them off? We got Tennessee and Alabama! Oh, buddy! Ooh, the rivalry is back, and as you guys recall, they won last year. They won! They took that field goal and they, they threw it into the damn river! They're having a bunch of fun that night off moonshine and and just just glee and joy and oh boy what a what a time it was to be in knoxville tennessee just a dream in your hand and the love in the heart and just oh man this game really isn't packing the punch that i had hoped it would earlier in the year you know you feel you feeling me there jerry you know what i'm talking mm. about yeah tennessee feels good but not great and I'm saying good with a question mark. Uh, Bama, kind of the same. They're just, you know, which is funny because, honestly, both of these teams are still very much in the race for their division. I mean, Bama's leading it. And Tennessee is just, I don't know. Like, them, I mean, they're, they're still right there. Just don't lose another one. But that's kind of where we're at here. Whoever loses this one, it's you're taking, you're taking a little bit of a, a hurt loss here. You're, you're putting a lot of players... Back in it, so um, I don't know. I don't know. Tennessee is kind of finding their identity here with the run game again, as we alluded to earlier. Uh, instead of the passing game, which is odd, because all of last year it was <laughs> throw it around the park, and you would have thought with old Bazooka Joe back there, man, this is our 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 chances are only going to get better with this guy, and. That's the exact opposite of what is happening. You are a running team, and you're very good at it. Bama, however, is finding success in the passing game more than the run, which, again, is odd. 
It's like these two teams traded shoes with each other, and then we're just like, hey, let's go run this track meet, see what happens. Wouldn't it be fun? Um, however, again, it is, as I alluded to, they threw that field goal unit into the Tennessee River. So this game is in Bama. Oh, boy, I don't think you want to play Bama at home right now. Um, so I got Bama by five. Yeah, it would be, it'd be hard to, like, see them losing two games at home, especially halfway through the season like this. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is a different Bama team. I think Saban's kind of lost his shine a little bit. I, I They were winning games, so I'm going to give them that. But none of them have been convincing except against that horrible – this city state team, um, but I guess Boom, what's your what's your opinion on Milrow for for Bama now that they've kind of made him the starter and he's had a few weeks? Because I'm uh, kind of I'm kind of torn. Okay, um, I think Milrow's pretty much exactly what I thought he was going to be, um, which is, I mean, he's proven to be a better passer than I thought. But I, if you really want my two cents, I thought he was going to be like Jalen Hurts. Like I just thought he was going to be back there and he yeah, could run. He's not. He's not that. <laughs> and he's not Jalen Hurts, and yeah. it's just kind of like a. He's almost like a poor man's Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Which is perfectly serviceable for Bama. I think where I'm kind of scratching my head on Bama is who who who's their running back back there? Mill, oh, uh, McMillan. I don't remember to be honest. Yeah, like, but that's that's the problem. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. I neither one of us are like that guy, and yeah. for Bama, that's. It's weird. That's yeah, weird. I mean, and they're like the thing is like they're they're scoring in the mid twenties in all their games. Like they're not touching the thirties at all. The only time they touched more than 20, you know thirty points in a game was against that Mississippi State team when they scored forty. It's not like they lit it up there either. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's like they're they just, look way more human. Yeah, I mean, in their pass efficiencies, like bottom twenty five percent nationally, like they are not good at passing at all. Like if if we're just gonna be honest, like they're terrible uh, in the air. And so I just uh, I don't like, know, man. They they I mean they they took it to Texas A and M. Still didn't score more than thirty points. Well, I mean points uh, wise, sure, but like they still threw it around the park. Correct, but scoring points is what makes you more efficient. So yeah. if you're not driving the ball enough, so I, I I hear what you're saying. I'm not like completely poo pooing it, but I just don't. I, at some point, I think they're going to get got again because they've already gotten got. You know what I'm saying? Like. And so, see to me, I think the get got game is going to be LSU. And that could that could be true. I don't. I'm not saying it's necessarily this game, but yeah. Um, last year, this game was 52 to 49. It was crazy. It was just like a massive like slugfest back and forth offensively. Um, both this year beat Texas A&M by one touchdown. Which so comparably, like I think that's your best your best comparison since they have that like opponent. Yeah. Um, Tennessee, obviously, they looked horrible against Texas A&M, and Texas A&M just looked worse. Uh, whereas I think I think you're right. Alabama did look a little better. However, I think you know my major concern is 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 the offense with Tennessee. I, I still think they clearly have taken a step back year to year, but uh, they are still running the ball well. I, I don't know how much you can do that against Alabama uh, is the big problem. Yeah. I think I think Alabama's defense is pretty equivalent to Texas A&M. However. I do think Texas A&M is a little better against the rush, and that's where Tennessee found success last week. So it's like it's a little bit of like one of those like a little red flag. Yeah, so I think they're gettable here, um, but I do think both teams are top twenty teams still. I still think the other teams are good. I just don't think neither of them are. I don't think either of them are in that top ten, but I also think they're all like they could kind of rise up and beat anyone on any given day. Right. And I still feel that way about Tennessee. They haven't shown it yet, but maybe this is the week. So. 
I don't know. I still think Bama is slightly better. I think being at home is, is going to give him some points. I was going to say Bama two and a half. Okay. All right. So given split the difference, we got maybe three and a half. Yeah, I think I think that's right. We're pretty we're pretty locked up here. So Alabama's favored by eight and a half here at home. That's a lot of points. I, I think since they're not scoring more than thirty points a game, you're basically saying Tennessee's only going to score fourteen. Or or twenty in Alabama which, for twenty eight, I mean, which is possible, but yeah, it's still not out of character. But my thing is, my thing is, when you're not blowing teams out, like, why would I give eight and a half points? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not an elite offense, so you're giving. I agree, but I just I think this is more like Tennessee might just crap the bed, dude. Bama just barely beat Arkansas, and that Arkansas team is terrible. You got a hang, hanging, swinging Sam Pittman's, and uh, <laughs> you barely hanging, swinging. Barely get by him. I don't know. I, I'm, I think we're both on line here. I think we're. All right. Well, yeah. Back. All right. Let's ride with Tennessee then. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. All right. All right. And one cool. thing. One thing that makes me comfortable with this too is fifty-six percent of the total bets are are with Alabama here. So people are feeling good about Alabama, uh, which makes me feel a little better. I would have been a little nervous. It was all on Tennessee here. I, I would probably have to agree. But all right, cool. So we got uh, we got that. That's good. We're with Tennessee, which is a little strange for me, but you know what? Whatever. That's uh, hey, if they if they end up bringing it within, they win me. They win this game for me. I mean, ooh, Josh, I might shut the hell up about how much I was dissing your ass recently. All right, we move to oh, I I am I am shocked to see this. I mean, I'm not shocked to see these guys. Almost heaven. Yes, sir. West Virginia. They're out here hosting the Okie Pokies, brother. Oklahoma State at West Virginia. Oh, well, well, well. Look at old Okie State. You finally got your act together. Stumbled out of the gate. But finally, it feels like we're off and running. You beat K-State. You beat Kansas. And now, here comes big old bad West Virginia. Can we wait? Can we can we talk about how weird this Oklahoma State team is? They're like, strange. They are very strange. You lose to South Alabama and Iowa State to start like early in the season, and then you turn around and beat. Oh, you stumbled State into the season drunk in Kansas in the last two weeks. Like they're on a heater right now, man. Yeah, it's it's weird. And West Virginia is on the other side of the fence. I mean, they're coming off a well, loss against. Uh, funny, you should say that. I just said, however, West Virginia just lost to Stunner. And the end of the game thriller to Houston. Houston! Which, I don't even know what to do with Houston anymore, man. See, that's the Houston team I thought we were getting with TCU. And just, just damn you. Damn you, Dana Holgerson. <laughs> Truly, this is the, oh, I'm sorry. That, that was the Dana Holgerson bowl. This, this is the, this is old, well, he shaved the mullet. I wish he brought it back. This is old Gundy. Gundy and Neil Brown, man. I just a couple of couple of white dudes in West Virginia just mm. duking it out, throwing the ball around the park. But I mean, wow, what a game! That Houston one. I mean, West Virginia scored with like seconds left, if not a minute, maybe. No, it was seconds. And Houston throws a hail mary and just catches it off the bat down. Yeah. It, like, that was, yeah, that was that game was ridiculous. It's so much back and forth in the last like minute of the game. Yeah, just just insanity. Um, I I don't I don't know. You might talk me out of this, but I think uh, 
You know, and as I'm sitting here, I think I might change my mind. I was giving uh, I was giving myself a little too much credit. I was liking the way the Mountaineers were going about business last year. You take a little bit on the chin last last week, and uh, I think you're coming home to host a team that they're feeling pretty good about themselves. But let's not remember that time that they openly crapped their pants on photo day and just walked around in those white shorts of theirs with just a long poo streak. <laughs> Everybody remembered. That time that they showed up for picture day with poo streak and then took the class photo. Um, I, I, maybe, maybe I take Oklahoma State here because you're right. I mean, Kansas State and Kansas. What the, what the hell? Yeah. What is that? I don't, yeah, I'm still confused. Uh, I had West Virginia at three. I might go the opposite way. I might say Oklahoma State by three. Yeah, no, I'm 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 very confused because like I you guys so, get me to talk myself out on the pod. Yeah, I, I do think West Virginia is a much better team, but I do think Oklahoma State's on a heater, and I don't know. So here's the thing with Oklahoma State: I was like, they're in such a heater these last few weeks. I'm like, did they change quarterbacks? Did something happen? So yeah, I, what happened there? I unfortunately did the 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 due diligence of digging into their quarterback room and. Uh, it is something. So Alan Bowman is their quarterback, their starting quarterback. He's been kind of their starting quarterback the whole year. Some other guys have gotten some run late in games when either they're way out of it or way in. You know. So they stuck, they stuck it out with the guy who got So they did, which it was surprising to me. It took me some research to figure that out. But he's been bad on the road, and it's just the run game hasn't been good at all, so he hasn't gotten a lot of help. Here's the thing with him. He was a transfer from Texas Tech, and then he went to Michigan, and now he's at Oklahoma State. And the only way Wait, I found you... out that he was at Michigan previously as their backup was because his headshot on his his profile on ESPN is literally him in a Michigan tie <laughs> on his Oklahoma State no profile. Way. <laughs> so it gets it gets wilder. So their backup quarterback, who I actually think statistically is better and has been playing a lot better and, and is a little bit more well rounded. Do you know who that is? Gu- oh. Guarantee you don't. Probably not. He has a fantastic name, and we'll get into that too. His name is one Gunner Gundy. No, Mike's kid. Yeah. Really, Gunner Gundy, Mike. Really, that's what you went with, Gunner yeah. Gundy. Yeah. Gunner Gun 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 Gun. I'm a man. We're the Gundys out here. Meet my son, Gunner, and Winchester. I mean, like. <laughs> It's so good. He's just naming his kids like different parts of the gun. It's like this is the gunner. This is the handle. This is trigger. Like Oklahoma State is like the true trigger. It's like (laughs) me, my son, trigger. What did you say to me? (laughs) Stop. Oh man, it's like a true like opposite of Iowa situation though. It's like instead of nepotism, it's like we're not going to start you even though you're better <laughs> because we because you got to earn it around here. <laughs> Gonna that have won so many games is not enough. You got to win more. So West Virginia just don't hurt their starting quarterback. Don't hurt Allen because uh, I think Gunner's going to be a little better over time. Uh, I think he's just kind of paying his, his respects right now. Um, I don't know. I, well, I honestly want I went this back Bowman guy to get knocked down. Then. I don't think Oklahoma State's that good. I think they've kind of figured it out a little bit. But I, I'm still going to say West Virginia uh, at home. Uh, I'm going to say they should they should win by five here. Five, damn. 
Maybe I should just stick with what you're talking me down off the what ledge. What did you originally have? We're not. We're I had not... West Virginia at three. Okay, so we're three, three to five. That's fine. Yeah, four. West Virginia four. All right, is that going to be our line? Yeah. All right. Well, West Virginia's favored by three and a half, so I don't think this is a no take for us. For Whoa, sure. buddy! I was, I was right there. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, here we go. That's uh, that's that's something else. All right. Well, we're gonna move into prime time. You're looking live, and no greater. I mean, we we're pretty much already on this topic already. So why don't we just go ahead and and bring it up? By the way, did you know that this is something that uh, they play on opening day? Bet you didn't. I bet this is going to be ooh, this is going to be new for everybody. I, I went ahead and and dig the uh, dig the deep. Oh yeah, we got ourselves the octagon of doom out here in the Little Apple of Manhattan, Kansas. I got TCU. K-State. Oh, yeah. Well, isn't this just a big bowl of disappointment rolling into town? I mean, good God. DCU, you went to the playoff last year and you followed up. Kind of like that skid mark kid we were talking about on picture day. That's just your season. Not looking great in those white shorts. And K-State, my God. We had such high hopes for you. You're fumbling the bag. Not only that, you're getting tossed around by your neighbors. Oklahoma State did it to you. Missouri did it to you. You're letting your neighbors beat your ass. you got to stop this. This is outrageous. But I think you've been given a gift. And the purple off. I've got K-State winning. And their, their shade of purple is better. Uh, K-State by six. Yeah, I agree. I, last year they played twice. TCU won in the regular season. I don't even remember, but K-State won in that Big 12 championship that went to like double overtime. Yeah. That game was crazy. Um, ultimately, I think TCU is obviously taking a step back, whereas Kansas State, is. I think they've taken a step forward. They've added some pieces here and there. Um, so I, I, I agree. I think six to seven is probably a good number. Um, but – yeah, this four and three TCU team is bad. I think Colorado, West Virginia, and Iowa State losses are are ugly. I don't know which one's the worst. I think probably Colorado still. <laughs> um, but if anything, Colorado's like, are you kidding me? Like, you guys are going to end up going like five and seven, and that win's going to look like garbage. <laughs> which is kind of everything we thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah. So uh, we we weren't fooled early on. Um, but uh, K State uh, four and two with like you mentioned Oklahoma State. Uh, at Mizzou, I think that Missouri team, we've kind of come to terms with them. They're pretty good, and honestly, that game kind of came down to like one or two plays at the very end. Um, so I think they're kind of hand in hand with them. Um, you know, Kansas State's played well at home. I think both their losses have been on the road. So you know, I think at home they've been kind of dominant. So I don't know TCU. I'm not. I'm not very happy with. Uh, I think they've had easy matchups on defense, but I don't. I don't think they're able going to be able to really challenge and stop this rushing attack that Kansas State has. So, um, you know, having a – was it Treshawn Ward uh, out there from Florida State um, getting some getting some running? He's he's a good he's a good running back, but he's not even their top running back. So, um, it's kind of wild. They've got some they got some pieces. So, yeah, I mean, you transfer being like the number two slash 2B, 2A guy at Florida State, that's a good team. 
Uh, and you go to Kansas State, you'd think you'd take that starting job, but he didn't because they've got some other talent there. So, uh, mm. But they've got like a three-headed monster going, so I think I think that's going to be helpful for them as well. So um, I think they're going to win. I'm going to say seven. Um, I know you said six, so we're right around seven. Yeah, uh, and six and a half, really, if we wanted to. It's going to be a no-take again, man. It's a Kansas State favorite by six and a half. We're dialed in right now. Whoa, baby! You know what? This might this might actually be the first one off the pod today, but you know what? It deserves. We hit it nail on the head. I love it. All right. Well, yep. Uh, we'll uh, we'll no take. I might personally take K State on that though. Just have <laughs> just just some fun on my own personal card. Yeah, just to just to have some fun with it. Well, moving on. We got a fun one, ladies and gentlemen. Our boys are top five. They're back on the ballot. We haven't covered them in quite some time because they've had no game of merit. Thanks a lot, Clemson. But Florida State will be hosting. They're big. They're bad. They're top ranked. I bet you can guess this team. Oh, yeah, we're talking about the ACC mighty Duke Blue Devils. Woo, that's a shocker. What? Duke? Well, 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 ain't this just a sight for sore eyes? FSU's back in our lineup, and look at this. Started playing better defense. Might have cost us some offense. I don't know. Jury's still out. But as I alluded to, the old basketball school up north decided to trade Coach K and their souls so they could have a bit of a football team here, and man, is it not paying off. It's, oh, buddy. Elko uh, alluded to earlier this week that Riley Leonard might be back. You know what I say to that? Good. That's what I want. I want a game with no excuses. Iron sharpens iron, baby. Duke has a banging, no-nonsense, hard-nosed, assignment-driven, bring-you-lunch-pail defense. FSU has yet to kind of hit that fourth gear and the offense. So my question is, is this the game? Would be one hell of a game to do it against. Uh, Mike is really good about dialing it up against the uh, teams in the bigger games, so I can really appreciate that about him. Uh, however, Duke, especially if Riley is good and he's good, he's going to play, Duke has a great running quarterback. You know who struggles with those? Florida State. So this game is ad toke. I think that there's a lot up in the air about the legitimacy of Riley playing. And even if he does, is he truly at 100%? Because I think this game's going to be a lot closer if he is. Um, thus, I think, you know, what we're really good at is that run block stuff. Um, and over the past little bit, Fuller's gotten better about the blitz. I think you just in the house and try to... You know, try to get in Riley's face. This is his first game in weeks since Notre Dame. Um, with all of that being said, I have FSU by 13. Mm. Yeah, I, I think... No, I really just don't think that Riley Leonard's going to be 100% healthy here. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I'll say is, like, I, I hear what you're saying. And, like, every team doesn't think they have, are good against running quarterbacks. But Florida State also is the only team that's shut down Jordan Daniels. And they've done it twice. And that's his, his specialty. And... 
also they've shut down Downs last week against Virginia Tech, and he's that's his specialty. So they've done it before. It's not drones, yes, brother drones. Oh, drones. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean you can point to a few other games like Boston College and like I, I there. Like we, Castellanos we, we, was running all over our ass. Klubnik was yeah. not actually, which was yeah. shocking. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't want to put too much into that. I I, I think Schrader more, didn't either. Yes, there's more evidence that they have shut it down than not. Um, so I don't want to put too much into that. But yeah, I think Riley Leonard, even if he is back, he's not going to be healthy enough to really torch you running. He'll probably scamper here and there. But he's got a good arm, though. Uh, My thing is the receivers. That's not, that's the receivers not aren't show. like as yeah. Yeah. wonderful. He's he's an average college quarterback when it comes to throwing the ball. Oh, and I disagree. I think you he's, can I blame think he's it a on, solid quarterback. Dude, statistically, they're not good on passing the ball. And you can blame it on his receivers and his tight ends and whatever you want to say. That's fine. But at the end of the day, like statistically, they're like one of the like most middling offenses when it comes to passing the ball. They're they're running the ball very well, though. And that's that's what they're running backs and and with with obviously Riley Leonard. So I, I'm not going to – I'm not going to give you too much on that. I think he's not that he's he's okay. I I will say um, I don't think he's going to play. I mean, there's two reasons for me. One, Vegas usually knows kind of what's up. And when the line came out, it was 16 and a half, and so I kind of it's oh my a, god, it's not a blind line for me. But I being too close to Florida State circles, I kind of saw that uh, last Sunday, and so that tells me everything you need to know that they're expecting him not to play. Um, it's kind of come down a little bit. Um, I don't know exactly what it is right now, so we'll get into that, but it's probably going to be around what you were saying at 13 and a half. Um, but Elko, here's my thing is Elko was being weird about it and like was signaling last week that he might play. And then he actually like told him to go out there during like pregame warmups to pretend like he was warming up for the game against North Carolina state. And like clearly he wasn't playing. Um, but I think he was trying to like signal that like, Hey, he might be ready soon. And he's been saying he's day to day. He said he was day to day last week and like, clearly was not even close to being able to play football. Um, and so I think, you know, one of the Florida State media, like they're talking about is like, if, if you're Elko and you're playing like a strategy here, if he actually is potentially going to play, you play it down like, oh, we don't know, like we don't know. Like almost like tell Florida State like it's a good likelihood that he's not going to play and then have him show up and, and play. And then spring it on him, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas the opposite is what you would want to do if you're really trying to like, you know, because the thought is with this is like if you're saying he's day-to-day and you've been saying that for a week and a half kind of like – preparing for it, which, yeah, you know, like your team, the other team's going to prep regardless, even if they're said like it's a 95% chance he's not going to play, you're still going to prep for him playing. So um, it is, it is the right move from Elko side of things. But I think that also shows you that like, those are two reasons I'm like, I don't think he's going to play, um, but he might. And if he does, I don't think he's going to be that special, especially because that's his, 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 his strength is being able to run and escape and, and actually make plays on the ground. And I just don't think he's going to do that, especially because one, the injury, but also I think, do think Florida State's a little better than what we give them credit for, especially when you're respecting that part of someone's game. Um, it's a lot harder to do. So uh, statistically, their backup's actually a better thrower. If we're just going to look at passing completions and efficiencies. so Yeah, he, he was pretty good against NC State. I'm not going to lie. So they didn't ask him to do much, but I do think, you know, and I don't think it's not because he's a good thrower. Let's let's not let's not mix that up. Um, they're both very average. So uh, the big question is, can Duke run the ball? They have Waters and Moore at, at running back. Um, I, I I I don't think they're going to be able to run that much. I think Florida State has the thing with Florida State's defense is like they're just deep and they play a lot of guys and they haven't had a lot of guys play a lot of snaps this season and they're kind of just like rotating like 
they're basically rotating eight or nine on the defensive line and just keeping guys fresh throughout the games. And you've seen it in every game where the other team just gets tired and worn down. Uh, their offensive line gets exhausted and they just get no more push. And then the game just basically gets, gets away from them. So um, that's happened in every game so far this season. I don't think it's going to be any difference with Duke. I don't think Duke's rolling deep with their def- offensive line. And, and yes, they might have two or three running backs to roll out there, but I don't think they're going to be able to keep running the ball, even if they do have some success early on. So that that's the big thing for me. Um, I do think defense, their defense is really good, um, but I just don't know how good because my thing is like everyone's talking about how good their defense is, but like they really still haven't played anyone. They played Notre Dame in the two games they had played. They held them to low points, but they gave up like a lot of yards um, against Notre Dame. They had, they gave up twenty one points which ultimately they lost that game, uh, but they gave, gave up 381 yards. Against Clemson, they had seven. They gave up seven points, which we talked about this before, how weird that was, but they gave up 422 yards. That's a lot of a lot of yards for a quote-unquote good defense, right. um, especially against that Clemson offense, because that Clemson offense has not been that good. Like That's that's some of the most yards Clemson's had all year. Uh, and then, uh, like I said, like with Clemson, they only had 389 yards against Syracuse and 338 against Wake. So like they've had more yards. It's just they – we you know we don't have to go over it over and over again, but they missed some field goals, which is why they ultimately went to, went to a different field goal kicker, and then they also went for fourth downs and had some weird red zone stuff. So I don't think you know Duke forced a lot of that. I think that was more Clemson doing stupid stuff on their end. I, but I I don't think they're bad defense, but I don't know. I just don't know how good they are, and so we'll see. Um, you know, I think Florida State. If we're going to talk about them real quick, obviously they have John Wilson back this week. Bell's getting healthy at tight end. Uh, I think this is for for Duke. I think this is the best offense they faced, and and not only that, I think it's they've it's going to be the m- best weapons they've had to face uh, by a lot. Because Clemson, we talked about Clemson and Notre Dame there, but they are not impressive with their wide receivers and tight ends. They just aren't. Notre Dame has a decent tight end, but outside of that, they're not as impressive as, as Florida State is. So I just think you know they're going to overwhelm there, and then obviously they don't have Jordan Travis, and so if Jordan Travis is is anything that he's been in the past. I don't see this being that close of a game. Um, you know, it, it makes me nervous to say because I do think Duke's a good team and they could they could pose a, a big threat here. But um, I think if Leonard was playing, I'd say around ten points. But since he's probably not going to play, and I think even if he does, he's going to be limited. I'm going to say like 34-17, four state here. So four state by seventeen. Okay, all right, that's fair. So I'm at 13. You're at 17. Uh, what was that? Put us at 15 action. Yeah. So this might be a no take as well because four states favored right now at 14 and a half. So that's well, come you down. Know what? You know what? I want to take it because I want to. I want to test him. Want to test Florida State? <laughs> yeah, I want to test him. They, they, right. They've been playing jump rope with us with this uh, with this spread coverage thing. So I'm going to take it. Yeah, it's. It, I, I'm not comfortable taking it, but I'm also like, I. I, got, I can't be opposed to giving Florida State the strike, and right now, they they they, they need it. All right, so we're gonna take it against our uh, our better judgment here. Yep, we're gonna take it. <laughs> All right, so FSU fourteen and a half. Uh, we'll we'll see what it does. I'm worried, a little worried about the fourteen, the hook there on the end of the fourteen, but oh, I'm um, good with it, man. I feel good about it. All right, we'll take it. All right. <laughs> Well, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and move on. I, I I don't have anything to celebrate these these freaking goons. No no soundbite for you. So we're just going to go right into it. Utah at USC. Well, we finally have reached it. Ah, Lincoln Riley. 
You fraud! Way to go and ruin this kid's road to CFB legendary status. I mean, you just couldn't hire a defensive coordinator to save your life, buddy. Mm. So you think it was the defense that, that's been causing the problems here in their loss? I would definitely think so, yes, sir. I mean, I it's uh, just... I don't know. I think it's the Caleb Williams through three picks and uh, Notre Dame scored well, 21 points off of those. 100%. 100%. But, you know, that's the other thing. It's like you're allowed to have a game or two where, you know, you would think like, hey, if I make a mistake and my team goes out there and, I don't know, holds someone to no points or at least just, just turn over on downs, man. Come on. Yeah. Maybe I got a shot. Yeah. And they don't have that. But that's beside the point. You know who likes to play defense? The man across from you on the field on Saturday, Lincoln. Oh, boy, does he love defense. And you know what else he loves? Beating your ass. Oh, God damn it, he loves that. Now, the only question I have here is Cam Rising finally back. Are we just never going to see this ghost of a man? Dude, have you have you seen this stuff coming out this week on this? No. So yeah, because I've been looking at it because I'm like I was curious too. I'm like, okay, well, at what point is are we gonna are we gonna do this? So this yeah, is starting to turn, trigger. This is starting to turn into a, a little McKenzie Milton situation uh, because here's two things. One, if he sits out one more game and then plays the rest of the season, he might as well el- get medically redshirted. He's eligible for redshirt because if you play four games or less, you can redshirt. So he could redshirt and come back next year. And so going into a new conference, that actually could be really good for Utah. However, I don't think that's what they're doing because this is what this is what came out this week. So an article came out in uh, in South uh, in Sports Illustrated. And the title was Utah football played themselves with the Cam Rising injury charade. The manner in which Utah football dealt with Cam Rising's injury only led to false hope and disappointment for Utes fans. So this is kind of what it gets into. Ultimately, just in short, he obviously, you know, blew his ACL last year. Everyone kind of knew it was an ACL injury, um, you know, at the end of at, at the end of the season uh, in January uh, in the in the bowl game. Well, this week they came out and announced that, and, and specifically Cam Rising came out and announced that. Specifically, he said, "I'm I really wasn't wanting expecting to do this, but I just want to let everyone know I didn't just tear my ACL. I tore my meniscus, my MPFL, and my MCL. Full tear, everything." Oh, the, yeah, he's never coming back. It was a big surgery, and it's not an easy comeback. I've been working my tail off. So obviously, Utah knew this. What are they doing? Like, what's the point of that? Yeah, why Why tease us with it all year? Just- Milton, Milton took, like, 14 months to come back and, like, actually try and play, and he still wasn't himself. Yeah, then... This mm. has been, like, seven months or ten months. So, I I don't know. This is yeah, very just, odd. Just, just sit it. Just sit it out. It's just which- very odd that this is now all coming out. So, And they're still kind of saying he's day-to-day, which is complete BS. Yeah, that's that's bullshit. I mean, just... Yeah, because, all right, so here, here's a little bit left that I wrote, which was, if so, Utah's running away with this. But yeah. clearly not. He's not coming back, which is why I said, if not, well, this could get interesting. If you guys remember. Now, I was going to put this line out there regardless of this situation, but I got USC in the boneyard. Mm. These guys have been boning us a little too long. 
So USC sanctioned. USC is sanctioned. I have Utah by four. Hmm. Is that with the sanction? How did the sanction work? Do you get like 10 points going the other way? Sanction, yeah. I might as well call it that. I'm going to sanction myself. Um, I, you know, I don't really, I haven't really put like you a just, line on you it. Just, you're just feeling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think it's kind of like free balling it. Just, you know, this is a true, forward. yeah, this is a true like good versus good and bad versus bad. So, like, obviously, good, good defense with Utah against a good offense and then a terrible defense with USC against a terrible offense. Um, see, but here's my thing is Utah's offense has been scoring this year. And apparently, USC's defense is a turnstile. Mm. Yeah, my problem is I don't think Utah's offense. Is, I think this is kind of them like basically waving the white flag of like, yeah, I know you guys aren't really happy with our quarterback situation because we're playing our third and fourth strings and they're not very talented. Um, yeah. So just like it's almost like, hey, this isn't going to get better, so we're going to wave the white flag now and tell everyone like, hey, this like basically bring everyone's expectations down, which. I don't find a coincidence the fact that they're starting to get into more of a gauntlet. So um, I don't know. I don't. I that's the only thing I can like kind of read into. But I, I just don't think the offense is going to get any better. And I think USC is even if they have a bad game, they're still going to score twenty one to twenty eight points. And I don't think Utah can do that. So that's my biggest concern. Did, so I was going to ask you earlier. Um, you, did, you saw the stuff that was coming about uh, Caleb Williams about the NFL. Yeah. So I was I was going to touch on this. Um, but, but way to show your ass. What the hell is that? Especially after that game. That's the yeah, point. like, you would have thought if you came out and beat the living crap out of, of Notre Dame, like, maybe you could make this statement. I just, I don't understand, and maybe maybe you can, you know, all right, before I, get, before I start getting into this, for those of you who don't know, it came out this week that Caleb Williams, post a loss to Notre Dame, decided to say... Where, where he lost the game for them. Yeah, he basically lost the game for them. He decided to say, oh, you know what, um... Since I'm already like pretty pretty darn good, and it's probably decided I'm going number one overall. I uh, just wanted to let it be known, which he's already said. Like I only want to go to these five teams. He's like, I uh, I just wanted to be known amongst teams that are going to draft me. Uh, I want equity in the team. Whoever drafts me, I want equity in the team. So just just letting you know, that's on the table. What? Like I know some dudes like just just put it on the table sometimes they go there it is. But th- this is ridiculous. This is starting to get to the point where, you know, I was all cool with NIL and stuff. Um I I agree with it. I think it should be there. But I think my biggest problem is when you start sitting there telling kids who have let's remind you never played a down in the league. Whether it's high school to college, or NFL or college to NFL. Either way, they've never played a down against the field in which in the arena in which you play in. And they're making demands like I deserve millions of dollars. I deserve assets and equity and you know stock stock prices and a seat at the board table and like are you kidding me? This is this has finally gotten to a point where I, I'm sorry, like I kind of like Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is an ass. This is outrageous. 
Like, how full of yourself do you have to be? Yeah. And who the hell told him that was a good idea? Also, like, like yeah, I, I think, like, if you're an NFL exec, one, two things. One, I don't want you on my team. I don't um, want you. Yeah, you, that, that's you just a full head, of yourself. That's a headache. If that's what you actually your demands are going to be, that's a headache. So, one, it's like, we could probably do it, but it's a headache. Two, the likelihood, like, you just look around the league, the likelihood, regardless of what number you get drafted at, the likelihood of quarterbacks, if, even if you're a top-five quarterback in any draft, of them panning out to being something great in the NFL that's worth the headache is is like point zero 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 one percent. It happens all the time where they draft these guys and like look at Jalen Field, like uh, or Jaden Field, like or Justin Fields. Sorry, Justin Fields. Look at Fields and look at like a lot of these other guys. It's like it's not the situation, and sometimes it's just like they're not that special. And especially well, when you're coming from like a Leak and Riley team where it's like they've been elite everywhere. It's like. How much? How much is it him? How much is it you? We don't know. We're about to find out. But like, I'm not going to dra- put a bunch of draft capital into you if you're going to be like a drama queen going into this. Like, you well, know, let's, I mean, let, let's put it this way: for me to even remotely be like, okay, I would have to think that you're guaranteed money. You're just going to win. That's all you do. This is I'm basically buying and purchasing and investing in nothing but W's. Who was the only quarterback whose background was WWWW all throughout his career from high school to college? Uh, was, yeah. Yeah, go for it. I was, was you're going to go to Peyton Manning here? It was Trevor Lawrence. Oh, uh, true. Like, he had, what, like one L in yeah, college? And they still, I mean, he's been good in Jacksonville, but he hasn't he's been. He's been good, but he ain't been great. Yeah, I mean, you could go pick up any guy. Like, yeah, it's not. I'm not saying he's any guy, but he, he's probably top half. But he's not like. I mean, that's the thing is like even the, the top quarterbacks in the league right now, like Pat Mahomes, asked for equity in the Chiefs. But that's after winning multiple Super Bowls. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think they give it to him? Probably not. Yeah, they might, but it, it would be in replacement of wages. Like, right? They'd have to be like, hey, we're going to cut into that salary of yours then. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's and just, you're you're basically so here for the long haul. It's just that's silly. the other thing. Like you're tattooing this onto yourself. Like you're never leaving this team. Yeah. Well, then it's like, yeah, it's just so short sighted. I think that's kind of the, the story there. Um, it's just asinine. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pissed well, off. The thing is, you look at the elite quarterbacks over the last several years. Like none of them were number one picks. Like, like if we're just gonna be honest. Like, yeah, you're gonna want to pick the guy that you think is gonna be the best. But like most of them don't turn out to be like Jalen Hurts wasn't the number one pick. Uh, let's say Patrick Mahomes wasn't the number one pick. Let's say, you know, or wasn't the number one quarterback um, off the board. Let's see, who else do we have? Uh, Joe Burrow was, but he had two good years, and now he's kind of looking like he's not He's got a sophomore slump going, man. Justin Herbert really hasn't done a whole hell of a lot. I mean, but then again, like, the Chargers are kind of like... But he also wasn't the first pick. He was like, he kind of dropped a little bit, didn't he? So A little bit. I mean, let's think first pick quarterbacks were, what, Fields? Winston. And Winston, Mariota. Right, and yeah, like just just think about that. Lawrence. Yeah. So Which like Lawrence might be doing the best of all of them. Tua. Tank for Tua was a thing. Although Tank I think he Tua. didn't he drop because he got hurt. <laughs> he did, but I mean he's still I mean he's doing decently well, but Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, we we don't need to sit here and talk yeah. about Louisville, but I, it it pissed me off. I'm not gonna lie. So, I was going to say USC minus seven with all that. I don't, with sanctions, I don't even know what to do with it. Um, but they are favored by seven on the dot. So I was I was pretty dialed there. Well, then I guess we're taking Utah at plus seven. Yeah, I don't really want to. 
<laughs> oh, we're doing it. It's these sanctions. I freaking hate these boneyard sanctions. No, no, I love them because I tell you what, if they if they do it again, if they lose again, like if Utah like loses this game by like four, oh my god. I'm just this was the yeah. most genius thing I've ever done. Yeah, that's true. We, we'll see if the sanctions are helping us or not. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to reconvene at the end of the year to see what the hell's going on with that. But all right, so we're going to go ahead and move it back over towards from the West Coast to the East Coast. Okay. We got the Miami Hurricanes at Clemson. Starting to look an awful likely the Miami team I thought we were going to be seeing. <laughs> Made slight improvements, but guess what? They still can't coach. We're most certainly on the quit watch now, baby. I mean, this is just a tough little stretch of games, huh? You lose a bad one to Georgia Tech, then you have to go and play UNC. La 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 laus. Then you got to turn around and go to Clemson. La 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 laus. And then you still got to play Florida State and yeah. NC State and Louisville. I don't know. Could be on the quit watch. I think both these teams are kind of there. Yeah. Well, here's my thing, though. Clemson has a good defense. And Nate Wiggins is back this week. He's finally back from being hurt at uh, against FSU. So, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Miami needs to win this. They just do. I mean, it just kind of feels like the juice is starting to leak from the cup that once looked like it was going to runneth over once again. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, and it's, not, it's, no, it's no cakewalk to be playing there in the Happy Valley. Or not Happy Valley. I'm sorry, Death Valley. Happy Valley, different place. Um, I have Clemson by nine. Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of with you. I think uh, last year it was a 40-10 game. Like it was a blowout. It was obviously in South Carolina. Um, very different teams last year, though. So uh, Miami's coming off two tough weeks. Obviously, Georgia Tech. That was a tough loss. Um, really it's tough. tough. It's tough to have sucks. that. They did. I, one thing I will say, they did show up against North Carolina, which I actually was kind of surprised by. <laughs> For a little bit. And then they kind of got blown out, and then they but, showed back up again. Yeah, again. but they didn't like lay down, and to be fair, they could have. They so, could have, yeah. I think that's a good sign for them. Um, they, my biggest concern in this game is Miami's offense is only 39th nationally. Like I think there was a lot of hope that this offense took a huge step forward uh, over the last year, um, given that Texas A&M game, which, t- to be fair, it still is a I mean, very 39th is, is a pretty big step. Impressive. Yeah, but it's not – I don't think it is what they thought they were, if that makes sense, or what people yeah. thought they were. Because after that Texas A&M game, you're like, oh, my gosh, all this talent at Texas A&M, they got to be like a top-20 offense because they lit that game up. Um, but they haven't really like been that efficient, and the games they've won the games they should have, and then obviously these Georgia Tech the amount of points I think whether they scored like twenty four points in that game, no, uh, not even, not even twenty. So yeah, they I mean that was that was a big part of that. But um, Clemson's very good on defense, even though they've lost. I mean they held Florida State to seventeen points on offense. Um, they scored seven. Obviously, Florida State scored seven in. Uh, and, and through that, that scoop and score on the fumble. Um, 
but holding holding Florida State at 17 points is something that is really good, and, and they've been really good on defense. So I'd be shocked if Miami is able to run the ball here, and that's what they've been leaning on. Um, haven't been very good passing the ball, uh, even though Tyler Van Dyke's back there. Yeah, but uh, that's one of my things. Like, Nate Wiggins is also back now. That's your best cover corner. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm afraid if you if Miami has to become one dimensional, which they've kind of been forced to that already. I think Clemson's defense is going to make that even more of a challenge. So, and then also, did you see this with Tyler Van Dyke about it potentially having an injury and how odd this has been this week? Yeah, I did see that. Which it, if that's it the seems case, kind of like a yeah like a non starter, but I don't really know. It was odd. Kind of seems like they're just trying to save this guy's you know face here. Maybe try to. Oh, what you're about to see is because he's, you know, pushing through injury. They're trying to save his draft stock, really. Mm. Which, I, I mean, if that's the case, like, you might as well just start going with your Curry Brown, man. Mm. Like, why, yeah, why, uh, why are we even playing around with this? What's odd is it's like he had the leg wrap at, at during during practice this week and, like, some reporters reported on it, and then they asked Murray about it, and he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing. It's like, dude, he's, like, limping and has a leg wrap on. <laughs> you're not going to talk about it? And just basically <laughs> pretended, like, yeah, the reporters just, were stupid in that they asked a question. I'm like, it's just, it's just odd. Anyways, that, it's a very odd situation. So I don't think it's anything. I mean, he's clearly practicing, so um, he'll, he's probably going to play. You don't practice if you're not going to play unless it's like something broken. Yeah. <laughs> but why would you practice at that point? So um, he'll play. I don't think you know if he's limited in any way. It's going to be a challenge, especially. I, I think it's going to be a challenge regardless. So um, Clemson offense has actually been pretty efficient uh, as much as we thought they've taken a huge step back, which they have some. But they're 32nd nationally, uh, which yeah. is terrible. And if you have a top 10 defense, that's you know you're, you should be ranked in the top 25. Um, and so I do think they're still. Well, I think with the win here, they are. Oh yeah, I think you're right. So, um, you know, and, and the thing is, to be honest, like if they didn't turn the ball over so much, they'd probably be undefeated right now. So, <laughs> so true. Uh, if if they've gotten better at that, I think they're going to win this by like 17 easily. I don't think. I think, you know, they're they're stupid and Dabo's still too stubborn. Is running his offense the way he's going to run it, and he's going to make some dumb decisions in the red zone and not be able to kick field goals and all that stuff again. Like he's just going to continue to be what he is. So I'm going to say Clemson seven and a half. Okay, that's yeah, I like that. So then we'll put it at, ooh, eight, yeah, we're like right at there, like eight, eight and a half. So either way is fine. I just, we're still riding with Clemson. What's the line? So this game is Clemson's only favored by three points. In oh, Clemson. I don't, I don't understand that at all. Yeah, I, I would I, hammer Clemson here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think. Yeah, I don't. I'm so confused by this Miami team. I don't. I don't get it. If they win this game, I'll be shocked. They've I'll, just, I'll, I just. I just will not understand what the hell's going on. And I keep, think that says a little bit more about Clemson than it would Miami. I agree. I, it just keeps surprising me. I don't really know like, yeah. what else to put out there. So we're gonna, we're gonna take them here. I'm, I'm fine with that. All right. All right. Yeah. So I mean that that concludes it for uh, for you know week eight. There. I think we we've covered everything. But uh, at the. Oh, Oh, baby. Look at what we got here. We're going to bring it back to the East Coast. Also known as the Beast Coast. Where the Yenzers are looking to turn the deacons into sinners. Cussing their team and coach for letting the handsome man leave for some Catholics. And now they're back to their losing ways. But Yens did used to have, didn't used to have cheeks like this. No. These cheeks are new. 
There's a new pair of cheeks. But on the switch side of the fence? Oh, no. We're going to have to grab those pants out of the attic again. We've chubbed up. Our chubby cheeks are back in action. We thought we had stepped away from these pants. We were in our hot girl era. But no. You back. You back in fat girl land. With the chubbies. Got the chubbers. We got Pitt versus Wake Forest. Oh, boy! What a time! I love trash ACC games, man. It's just so... Oh, it's terrible. It's horrible. Nobody wants to watch it. Just the way we like it. Is this one on the CW? I didn't, I didn't look. I would think so. You know what? And I, You and I have a bone to pick with YouTube TV. Because they boned us out of a, uh, you know what, YouTube TV, you might be you might be getting a strike from me in the boneyard there. Mm. I don't understand why YouTube TV gives you the option to watch all these different types of games, and they'll give you every like blend of games under the sun except for the one that you want. Yeah. Why do I not get to tailor the four tiles the way that I want? Do okay. you guys have some type of weird? You know, thing with every broadcast channel where it's like, oh, we'll get your your views one just, way or another. Just can't be that good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like the combinations are just going to have to oh. be ass. Like, it, oh, yeah, we got stuck watching that damn pit, whoever the hell they were playing. Louisville. Louisville, yeah. Louisville, yeah the, the pit Louisville game. And it was just like, oh, had to pull up Missouri and Kentucky on a different, you know, you know, device yeah. or whatever. It was, it was nice to see Louisville lose that because we, we were, we were, Rapidly going towards a three-way undefeated tie at the. That's kind of what I thought. Like, Louisville's like, a well-coached team, but like, nah, that was. Mm. But the thing is, their schedule's just that easy. They had, this is they've already kind of gone through their gauntlet. So it was like, literally, if they got through this, it was kind of like, okay, this might happen. Like, <laughs> which I think at that point it goes to strength the schedule. So I think they'd be like Florida State, North Carolina would have been fine, but still, that would suck. Yeah, I just I I don't know I I wasn't I wasn't thinking. It was going to go that route, but at the same time, hey, I'm glad. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad we don't even have to talk about it now. But, uh, yeah, so given all that, we talked about it. Yeah, Pitt upset Louisville last week. And, uh, wow, didn't think you had it in you, Pitt. That started to look like the Pitt of yesteryear. Um, You guys were looking crappier than crap this entire year, but I guess maybe, maybe you're turning a corner. I don't know. Wake! What the heck? Y'all got blown out at Virginia Tech? I didn't have that on my bingo card. I mean, what the... I'm sure if we bring the ACC back up for the season total... Dude, this, this Wake team is weird. So, they... All right, I'll get on the... So they're just, no, go for it. They lost Virginia Tech last week, 13-30. to Kind of, Kind of weird. Okay. Yeah. The week prior, they played Clemson. It was twelve to seventeen at Clemson. Yeah, and like Clemson, for the most part, like kind of kept that game in check. From from what I heard, I didn't watch a whole hell of a lot of Clemson was favored by twenty one, and they won by five. Right, but like the whole game kind of felt like Wake didn't really have like their footing in it. It was just more like Clemson couldn't shut the door. Yeah, just like kept them at arm's length, sort of thing. Right, but even then, like okay, you kept it close to Clemson, so like you clearly can compete. Yeah. Well, and then so then the previous week Wake lost to Georgia Tech, but that was sixteen to thirty. It wasn't really that close, which is even more shocking because Georgia Tech's trash. Yeah. 
we're going to we're going to wax the, pre- the previous week they were favored by 14 against Old Dominion, go into Old Dominion and only win by 3. And this is where I'm really frustrated is they stomped for Vanderbilt <laughs> week yeah, 2. They yeah, they did. Vanderbilt, you had a chance, guys. This Wake team is not not that. Try oh. telling you about Vanderbilt, dog. I tried telling you. <sighs> yeah, that's not not looking good. All right. <laughs> well, so yeah, I don't know. These both these teams have been up and down. Because then obviously Pitt, on the other hand, like lost Virginia Tech as well. That hasn't really done much. They're what two and four with one of those wins being against an undefeated Louisville team that looked like they were on their path to being undefeated. <laughs> like what? So here's my thing. Because I've been so damn mesmerized, I cannot divert these eyes from the cheeks in front of me. Because I've been so mesmerized. I feel whatever my knee-jerk response is to the Cheeks games, I should just go in the complete opposite direction. Okay. So I would have come on here and told you, pit by five sounds correct. Ooh, I'm with you. I said pit by four. So I like where we're going here. However. Whatever the line is, no, whatever the line is that we're on, we're going the opposite way. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. So I feel like I got to go wake by five. No, no, we just say pit by four, and then we'll see whatever whatever the number is. So pit by four and a half. Okay. So we'll just, whatever whatever the number is, we'll go the opposite. So Wake is favored by one point here. Oh, so, my God. Do you see so what I'm talking about? We'd be going with pit here. So I think we're going with Wake. <laughs> Stop. Don't do this. Come on. <laughs> All right. You know, no, 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 no. You're right. I can't. I can't be poo-pooing it. Like, I haven't really won anything on the cheeks here. So, like, I, it's time to switch it up. Guess we're doing Wake. We're going Wake here. God dang it, Clawson, if you let me down, son. Yo, if, if Wake loses this, this is a double strike. This is this is Boneyard. You're, you're real close to yeah. the Boneyard, Dave. Yeah, and Wake, I'm just, you better get it this week because next week... <laughs> Better prepare yourselves. It is vengeance. It is the vengeance tour. Oh, it's gonna be glorious. I might go. I might go. You shouldn't. I just yeah, please do. I, I can't stand that place. I'm gonna dress as a hot dog. Hot dog. Here we go. I'm gonna say it after every touchdown, which should be many. <laughs> yeah. So get it this week. There's four states coming in, and and uh, there's there's going to be no no uh, no letting off the gas in that game. Is it is a uh, we're full full uh, revenge mode on this. I want it. How quick can we get to seventy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, All right. right. Well, yeah, that was good. Hey, good, great, great getting with you this week, buddy. This is this is going to be a good week. I feel I feel like we're coming back around. We're going to be in the net positive after this. So mm. feeling feeling good about it. We're going to be we're going to be counting our stacks come Sunday. But uh, always a pleasure with you, everybody. Always a pleasure for you guys listening. We are so thankful for that. Uh, please, by all means, do not feel afraid to ever reach out to us. Let us know. I like that you do this. Don't like that you do this. Maybe you should do that. I want to hear more about my team. Let us know. 